say I just had a <laughs> Polaroid like like Pol- I just needed to shoot Polaroid. Polaroid gasm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome everybody. Yeah, who is it? Put me on speakerphone. Shit. Oh, <laughs> you're on speakerphone on the air. No, no, no. Hey, I'm just checking in. Where are you? What are you wearing? Khakis and some, uh, what do I got? I got a fisherman in one pocket. You got a, uh, an Anzaco, uh, clipper in the other. Wow. Yeah, do the math. Yeah, you know. Sounds like you're a very busy boy at the moment. It's like a party, man. I don't eat people. Well, yeah. we miss you. We're uh, everybody's shooting portraits of one another right now, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can't really hear you too well. I'm at the Metropolitan Museum of Art. Oh, really? That sounds fun. Yeah, shooting uh, thirty-two hundred. And they're letting you. Uh, you're, they're letting you shoot without any problems there. Yep, I'm showing you the flash. You're all good. Where? Oh, really? We're at the Met. Yeah. Yeah. Thirty-two hundred. That's great. It's all kinds of city. Yeah. What what kind of uh, what are you getting there uh, with your thirty two hundred? What kind of what are you shooting at? Two eight? Uh, no, well, I don't have a choice. It's the Anzo Clipper. I think it's, it's probably like a box camera. It's probably like one forty fifth and eight. Oh, nice. So you can only shoot the uh, the pieces of art that have the best light. That's right. That's the idea. But yeah. hey, and I also brought the uh, Miranda. I'm running a full for that. Oh, cool. So, so that's 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 uh, working great. I got four hundred that. That's actually you can shoot all over the museum with four hundred. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Good stuff. So how's it going around there? Would you guys, you guys think of that? Ow! Yeah, Mike's Polaroid. He's he just shot almost a whole pack of uh, Impossible film in the time we were talking, blowing it out. Hey, you guys want to say hi to Dane? Hey. No. Hey, I barely hear you guys. Hey, Dane. Hi, Dane. Hi, Dane. Hey, what's up? Hey, on the phone right now is Dane. We didn't. We, hey, Dane. We we didn't even start the show yet. What show? Good luck to you shooting at the Met. <laughs> nice talking to you. Hey, We'll see you in two weeks. Yeah. See this little baby? No other pocket camera does what it does. It's unique because only the new Kodak Ectralite cameras have built-in Sensolite flash. Sensolite flash turns itself on and flashes automatically when you need more light. It even turns itself off. You'll never worry about flash again. These new cameras with Sensolite flash are the easiest to use Kodak pocket cameras ever. I trust my stories to cameras and film from Kodak. America's Storyteller. Hey, my name is Michael Rosso, and welcome to the Film Photography Podcast, the internet radio show for people who like to shoot film. 
This is episode number sixty-six, September fifteenth, twenty twelve. And that the uh, who that and you hearing listening to John Fidel. <laughs> yeah, hey, what's up, man? Hey, and, how you doing? Uh, hey, we got Matt Mirage. Hey, how's it going, guys? Hunter White, man on the street. Yes, here. It's actually in the studio. Off the street, in the yeah. studio. You know, it's nice to see you off the streets. Yeah, yeah. we'll, we'll, kick, we'll <laughs> kick him back out in a couple it's hours. He's be back under. A He's roof our homeless correspondent. Yes, <laughs> we give him a fresh box. Mark Dal- <laughs> Mark Dalzell. Hello. And uh, way in the back, off mic, is Lauren Bagley. Hello. Doing a lino. Doing a lino. What does that mean? She's, she's creating, creating some art. She's creating some art that. with linoleum. Well, I want to welcome everyone to the show. If this is the first time you're tuning in, welcome, Dude. welcome. It is so nice to have you listen in. For those of you who have been listening to FPP, it's really cool. Yeah, because yeah. we know so many people now. So cool, man. <laughs> cool. Yeah, cool. it's so great. Keep your fridge. Keep your film in the fridge. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Keep your impossible film cool. Yeah, cool. Like. Cool and away from light. That's right. Yeah, dig it, dig it. That was awesome. Dick. Yeah. You know, Hunter, you're a man on the street. Yes. <coughs> let's uh, let's get right into it. Okay. Let's take a quick break, though, first. Okay. <laughs> hey, it's Michael Rosso urging you. Actually, I'm sitting here with William. Hey, William. Where are we? Hey, I'm sitting here with William, and we're in the FPP virtual store. <laughs> wow. I feel like I'm in Tron. So, like, we're inside your computer. <laughs> I don't know how we got here. <laughs> Anyhow, I'm here to urge you. To go find your mom, your grandpops, your friends, Polaroid camera in your closet or attic or basement. Anyone you know, guarantee you they have a Polaroid camera. Get that camera and start shooting with it. Absolutely, you should do that. And uh, William has been uh, working here in the FPP store, our virtual store that has a you know real three-dimensional shipping department <laughs> with a real person in it. Yes. If someone orders something, uh, you'll, you'll be talking to them. Yes, I'll be speaking with you. Oh, that's awesome. Once you find your camera, you can come to the FPP store to stock that camera with film. Whether it's SX-70, 600, or Spectra, with the Impossible Project film, because we're an Impossible Project partner store. That's right. And that's very exciting. Or if you find, like, an old pack camera, we are, like, your Fuji Pack film headquarters. Oh, we have Fuji 3000B, Fuji 100B, and we have Fuji 100C. Yeah. Yeah, we have some expired Polaroid in there, too. Ooh. Filmphotographystore.com, or just click the store tab on our website, filmphotographyproject.com, for all you folks out there. And I can't tell you how many of you have, like, grabbed a Polaroid camera and you're excited. You're like, hey, man, I picked up my Polaroid camera because, you know, you were talking about it so much that I did it myself. And William, there's not one person. They're all like, I love it. I've actually been affected. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, he had what happened. So I was at a garage sale and I found what was a, uh, a Polaroid Impulse. Impulse, which, and I made an impulse buy. And uh, Mike checked it out. It actually works. They're very sturdy little cameras. Sturdy little cameras. Uh, Impulse is a 600 camera. It would take uh, the Impossible PX600 or PX680. Now we have the new cool film for the summer, the newest uh, chemistry from the Impossible Project. So, hey, I just wanted to share that with everyone just so everyone knows. Cool. Cool. Filmphotographystore.com. Hey, we're back. Hey, uh, Hunter, you were um, out of the New York City area yes. this um, summer. 
Yes. You did some fun stuff. You went down. First, you went down to KEH. KEH, yes. Mm. KEH is a super seller online. Yep. Yes. They sell all sorts of stuff. Was it a big, impressive uh, space? It was pretty impressive. Yeah. Anything you could ever wish or imagine for just in this giant warehouse, 8x10. Oh, ten. man. Uh, seven, seven, that went over. I just bought a big box of Minolta lenses from KEH. No, you didn't. Yeah, uh, I did. <laughs> Off of the bay? <laughs> yeah. These are the lenses where they, they're they notorious. Them on the site. Yeah. They're notorious for saying that these don't work. Yeah, as is, they're possessed. They're, they will <laughs> arrive at your home on fire. <laughs> Whatever. They were beautiful. Really? Yeah. Every one of them was beautiful. Do you think they really? just say that because they just don't want to be responsible? They're so conservative yeah. in their ratings. Yeah, it's not they even don't, funny. Yeah, because they don't want to have... Yeah, it's the same when you're selling anything on eBay. I sell guitars on eBay, and people get them, and I... Oh, you said in your ad it was in very good condition, but I'd call this only uh, pretty good condition. Pretty very good condition. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you rate thing, things differently now on the bay? Do you, are you harsher? I have to be really conservative. Yeah. This is a guitar. But um, <laughs> <laughs> it this may or may not be a guitar. <laughs> your call. Fifty bucks, <laughs> but uh, no. I mean, the, the lenses came in and they were they were listed as, in as-is condition, which is fine for me because yeah. I don't care. But uh, they came in beautiful. They, yeah. they came in what I would call excellent condition. Well, this Keh, they seem like a, a nice outfit. Yeah, and they seem like nice people. Yep, they're very nice. They have like a like we were talking about repairs. Like they have an entire just room larger than the studio with like twenty people in there just looking at minute scratches. Oh, I see. They have, like, wow. a checklist. Anyhow, KEH is great. Yeah, KEH is awesome. <laughs> yeah, we're glad you did that. Yeah. yeah. And the response to your Man on the Street, street segments is really po- super positive, isn't it? it? It makes me really happy when I go there because I'm like, I'm, if people like me. Super positive. So Hunter was Man on the Street, uh, and this is Brett Abbott. He's the photography curator of the High Art Museum. The High Museum of Art. Oh, that's it. Yeah. The High works. Museum of Art. It's in Atlanta, Georgia, my hometown. Is that right? Yep. Oh. <laughs> This is FBP's man on the street, Hunter White, and it is my great pleasure to be sitting with the High Museum of Arts photography curator, Brett Abbott. How are you today, Brett? Great. Thanks very much for having me. I want to start off with the museum in general. For those who aren't familiar with the High, can you give us a little bit about the High and its history? Um, The High itself is an institution that's been around for many years and has, in the past decade, gone through a great um, amount of growth. Uh, We've... uh, pretty much tripled the size of the exhibition space through the addition of the Renzo Piano Buildings, which were opened in uh, 2005. So we're really a a growing, um, up-and-coming institution. As the photography curator, I know I'm personally curious, and I'm sure a lot of our audience is curious, what is the day-to-day operations, I guess, of a photography curator at a museum, I guess, of this stature? You probably uh, would think of me as doing something uh, more along the lines of traditional curating most of the time, you know, working with actual prints in the study room and thinking about how they'll be arranged on the walls. But in fact, uh, that's not as much a part of my job. I do spend a lot of my time in meetings and um, thinking about administrative issues. But one of the things I really love about my, my job, and particularly the position here at the High, is that I get a chance to think about Um, the future of the collection in a strategic way and how uh, we can build uh, the collection in such a way that it becomes a resource for the community and for the region at large. Um, I think we have a lot of potential here in Atlanta. There's a big photography community. Um, We have a nice uh, collection to start as our base, but it really has room for growth. And um, I think, you know, together we can do some really exciting things for um, for the city and the region, and, and that's, what, that's what I'm really excited about doing here. I mean, in the grand scope of art, photography is this really young 
kind of new art form. And in museums, it was kind of, some would say, slow to adopt photography. When did the high start adopting photography into the collection? The high really started collecting photographs in the 70s, which was fairly early for museums. And the pace picked up in the 80s. One of the, one of the people who was really instrumental uh, in the growth of the collection was Lucinda Bunnen, who, who continues to be a, a, an important supporter of the department today. But she got together with a group of people and um, really started making a concerted effort at um, building a collection, which is now a subset of our larger collection, which is called, and it's called the Bunnen Collection. It, it has about 500 photographs in it today. And the collection at large is we're around 5,000. When you walk through the halls of the museum, one of the unique things that I've seen here versus at other museums that I've been to is how you actually arrange the photography in um, contrast to the other art. Can you... I guess, explain the meaning behind that and what you do? I like to see photography displayed in two ways. Um, first of all, and this is what the, your question is really getting at, is that we've, we've made an effort and we're actually making more of an effort now as we speak over the coming year to integrate photography into the permanent collection gallery so that you have a sort of conversation between photography of a certain time period with the decorative arts and the paintings of that time period. So... Up in our gallery devoted to American modernism, you'll see um, you know, the design elements uh, of the day next to paintings by uh, Georgia O'Keeffe um, alongside photographs by people like Paul Strand or Imogen Cunningham who are working in the day. And it's really nice to see how there are links between all of those different forms of art in terms of their aesthetics. I traditionally have trouble looking at non-photographic work just because it's kind of, it's what I've kind of centered what I'm interested around. And it's also a nice compliment to bring me into other types, other mediums, such as paintings. I was never really a fan of Italian Renaissance era paintings, but when photographs dispersed through it, it, it kind of brought me in. And so I'm, I really think it's something more museums should do. Yeah, I think it is nice because you'll get people who come to look at paintings and don't really think about photography as art or are maybe not interested in photography. You can get them interested in it through the links to, to painting, or it can go the other way, like you're describing. Someone who's really interested in photography can go up there and, and, and the paintings and the decorative art becomes unlocked in a way um, that it wasn't and, and becomes more engaging. So that's a really... Nice thing. The other thing that I like to do with photography, though, is to have um, areas where photography itself is seen in exclusion. One of the things that I really like about photography is that you can look at a body of work, um, not just one picture, um, but three or four or ten or thirty, and through the series of pictures, photographers are really able to do a couple things. One, they can tell stories. Um, it's a kind of narrative medium, uh, which I think it makes it was one of its really interesting um, aspects. Definitely. And um, and the other thing is I really like the way that through series of pictures you can gain a sense for how a photographer approaches the world and how that is distinct from the next photographer or anyone else in the world. And for me, that approach, that perspective, which comes through in style and subject matter and and 
and a mature photographer has a, has a real consistency to it, that becomes a really important part of the art of photography in my mind. And so um, I like to do both of these things. One, to see historical photography in context with other media, so you have that conversation, but also see photography in exclusion so that you get a sense for um, the artistry, the concept, um, the signature style of a, of a particular photographer's work. One of the, mo- the most unique things, and I think one of the greatest assets the High has, is its civil rights photography collection. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, we're, we're really proud of that collection. It's, uh, we call it the largest collection of civil rights prints, vintage civil rights prints, in any museum in the country. Um, it's uh, several hundred photographs compose that collection. It's really, I think, relevant for us to have it here at the High, being based in Atlanta, the home of Martin Luther King Jr., Ebenezer Baptist Church, and um, really a, a, a central part of the civil rights movement uh, in the South. Moving on to, I guess, some of the not, I guess, less permanent exhibits are the commissions. Can you tell us a little bit about the Hyde's Commission series and how that, I guess, has evolved and what that is in general? So this is a really uh, special part of our program. Um, so right now we've got a show up that's called Picturing the South, but it's not, Picturing the South is not just a show, it's actually a commission series, as you were alluding to. It, it's something that we've been doing for about 16 years now. The first commissions were initiated in 1996. Over those past 16 years, we've commissioned nine different photographers um, to find inspiration in the South. And it's a, it's a commission that has no strings attached, which is a really nice part of it. Um, the artists are just invited to um, build a, a body of work to engage a project that, that is relevant to our Kind region. of a dream project for any photographer. Yeah, I think it probably is a sort of a dream project. And in some cases, we've helped photographers who have already started in on a project and the commission has allowed them to take it to a new level. And in other cases, it's been, you know, the photographer starting from scratch on a, on a new idea. One of the things that I really like about it is that it's, it's a very diverse program. Each project is totally different from the next. And I really like that diversity. It really gets at that, that aspect of photography, the idea that... that Every individual brings a particular perspective on what it means to be the South, what is interesting about our region, and why it's, why it's important. And so each of the projects is totally different from the next, and I, I like that diversity. I think it almost reinforces photography as an art form, that you, can, you have a camera which can capture an image, but the way it captures an image is completely up to the photographer. And I, I find that one of, I guess, what it means in the bigger picture of photography and I find that really fascinating. Contra- contrasted with um, something you guys are doing with MoMA up in New York, can you tell us a little bit about that? The, uh, the High has a multi-year collaboration with the Museum of Modern Art. Um, we've um, brought a number of shows down from their collection to be installed alongside our collection here in Atlanta. And it's nice because a lot of the works that have come down here um, have never been seen in this region before. And over the course of this multi-year collaboration, there have been some big kind of mainline shows like Picasso to Warhol, great paintings and sculpture masterpieces from the collection of MoMA. 
but uh, there have also been these departmental um, level collaborations. And so a year ago, there was a, uh, a joint exhibition between the um, Department of Decorative Arts and Design here at the High showing our collection of contemporary design alongside MoMA's historical collection of design. And so this, right now, what we've got upstairs is the photography department's installment of that collaboration. So we have the Picturing the South Commission series, which is the three most recent commissions in that series on view. And then it's sitting alongside a show from the Museum of Modern Art, which is called Picturing New York. And it actually just so happens that those titles were coincidental. They had a Picturing New York show, and we had a Picturing the South series, but the titles go perfectly together. Yeah. And it's really nice because I think you get, you get a chance to see um, two very different perspectives on how you think about um, the, the concept of photography and place, how to represent place. In the case of the Picturing the South commissions, you have artist-driven projects. We have three commissions on view. Each one of them is a body of work by a particular photographer. It's large, it's color, it's contemporary work. You go into the MoMA show and it's, it's almost like a textbook, almost like a history of photography, 20th century photography, through pictures of New York. And it's, uh, it's in some ways uh, the opposite curatorial approach to a show. It is um, a show that is composed of more than 100 photographers, each of which has no more than one or two pictures. And um, together, when, when you look at them, uh, all of these 150 or so photographs together, they sort of become a mosaic that represents the city of New York in, in a kind of editorial or curatorial-led picture of, what it, of how to represent the city. Yeah, it's also, in a way, kind of a history, not of just New York, but of photography. I mean, you go, you see silver gelatins, but you also see platinum prints thrown in there, and you see, I think I may have seen some, what would be considered alternative processes today, and some color processes that aren't out, that aren't even available today. And so it's really fascinating that almost through New York, it becomes kind of a history of photography. That's right. It's absolutely a kind of march through the 20th century. Um, technological and aesthetic developments over the course of 100 years are really seen there, um, the development of photography and New York simultaneously. Yeah. Moving on to what was, I believe, a commission for Picturing the South at first, the Richard Mizrak show. Can you tell us a little bit about what the show is, I guess? Sure, yeah. So you're, you're absolutely right. Richard Mizrak was one of the Picturing the South artists. He was commissioned in 1998. He, in fact, he was the fourth artist to receive uh, Picturing the South commission from the high. And he uh, chose to focus um, his project. As you may know, he's, he's, a, um, he's been known for his work with uh, pushing the limits of large format color photography on the one hand, and, and much of his work is dealt with in environmental issues or the man-altered environment. And so what he decided that he would um, focus on is this area of the Mississippi River uh, between Mat Baton Rouge and New Orleans, where a number of petrochemical industries are based, and, and which is referred to by some residents of the area as Cancer Alley because of the um, the pollution that, that has um, resulted there. And so he made a number of trips um, to the area and, um, and photographed um, this series, which he refers to as Cancer Alley. They're, they're be really quite beautiful landscape photographs of um, places that have uh, something disturbing going on. Yeah. 
He completed the first phase of that project, and a number of pictures were accessioned into our collection in, in 2000. More recently, the previous curator of photography at the High and Richard got to talking, and they, they realized that there was a lot of work that he did that hadn't really been um, printed into large format uh, exhibition prints, and it hadn't really been shown extensively or published extensively. And so the thought was, wouldn't he like to, to revisit it? And uh, he did. And so he, he came back to the body of work that he built. He went through it again. Um, and he also revisited the place and made new pictures in 2010. And so what we have up right now is actually a kind of celebration of the completion of this project, which developed over the course of more than 10 years, which the High originally initiated with our commission series and has now um, developed into a really important body of work in his career. And so we're really proud that we were able to kind of set that in motion. And he's uh, publishing a book on this project. I'm convinced it's going to be one of the you know, best photography books of the decade. One of the reasons I think people need to come to the museum is actually how these images are displayed. They're massive prints. What are the exact sizes? Well, there are two of them that are 8 by 10 feet. So they really are large. He's, he's pushing the limits of inkjet printing. In fact, those two 8 by 10 foot prints, um, it's not possible to, to do an output of, uh, of a print that size with an inkjet printer because you can make the print as long as you can roll a piece of paper. It could be 40 feet or longer. But the height of the print, or the width of it, is really determined by the, by the width of the printer. And so in this case, what, what Richard has done is he's actually printed the picture out in two sheets of paper. The top and the bottom are actually two different sheets of paper, and then they've been fused uh, masterfully um, together so that you get this amazing kind of mural-like quality and it really works well with his visual strategies because you walk into the gallery and you sort of turn the corner and you're, you're faced with this enormous, beautiful photograph that kind of draws you in. Um, you walk towards it and it's lyrical. It's almost Arcadian in a way. And then as you spend more time with it, the picture begins to reveal itself to you and you start to notice that there are disturbances in the landscape. Yeah. And that's where it really hits you, you know, the subtlety of um, what's going on in, in this um, environment. Yeah, like there's one photograph called uh, Playground and a Shell Refiner, I believe, mm -hmm. um, where it's, it's, at first you don't quite realize what it is, but it's a basketball hoop in a parking lot, and then behind it is a shell refinery. Um, and one of the things I think is awesome about seeing it on a wall in a museum is the text, which describes it, and it tells this really disturbing story of a school that the people were eventually pushed out. And then also, the, because the, the roof is lower, it kind of it brings out the scale of the photograph. So I find that really kind of amazing. Yeah, no, I actually, um, I think that the space that the show is in is actually the perfect space for it. It's uh, two galleries, um, side by side, 21 large format prints. You, you come down to this level where, it's, where the show is on, and it's like its own environment. And it really inhabits it just perfectly, and the scale of the prints, as you said, um, appears even grander because the walls are... Um, you know, of medium height. And uh, I, I think it looks fantastic in this space. And um, 
And I, I think you're right that this is one of the reasons why that that people should come to museums and experience photography in museums. It's very different from seeing uh, this work reproduced in a book. Yeah. And I, I think it has merits seeing it in a book. You get a totally different experience in a book. Yeah. You maybe have more time for contemplation. You can sit in a comfortable chair. You can uh, perhaps read more than you would if you were standing up in a gallery. But there's something physical and experiential about this work that carries so much impact. And that's something that you can only get from standing in front of it in a, in a museum context. Yeah, and it's not just like the big Mizrach prints. Even the small prints, the contact-sized prints in picturing New York. One of the times we first met, we were at a gallery talk, and we talked about print sizes. And the size of print, I think, really, it's emphasized more in a gallery versus in a book, because in a book you only have at max sometimes 18 inches. And yeah. that's a big book. So. Yeah. That's right, and I think that the way that photographers execute their work, you know, in a physical form, is has such an impact on the way that that work is experienced and understood by a viewer. You know, the the idea that a picture—it's not just about image making; it's about object making, and um, the the physical presence of the object, whether it's um, an extremely powerful small three by four inch photograph or an enormous print of the sort that Mizrak makes, it's, there's a difference between those things. Yeah. And you can only uh, understand that difference if you're uh, with, the, with the image that has been translated into a physical object by the artist. Yeah. The, the way that it's printed is a part of the art of photography. Yeah. And even photographs that are very similar, like the Mizrak prints, there's the big 8x10 feet prints, and then there's the 8x10 contact prints, right. and they hold a completely different context and a completely different feeling. And so I find that really fascinating. When the shows are done at the high, do they travel anywhere? Do the shows that are done in collaboration with MoMA go up to MoMA? No, it's more of an Atlanta-centric idea. It's a high-centric idea where we're bringing their collection down to, to mix with ours here um, for our audience. Um, but one of the things that is really nice about the Picturing the South commissions is that embedded in every commission is not just this idea that we're supporting artists in the development of their work, but we're simultaneously building our own collection because embedded in every commission is an acquisition. Uh, and so in the case of the Mizrak photographs, um, every single one of them in the show is a part of our collection now. And uh, it's a unique set. There is no other um, large format exhibition set of this series existing right now. Um, so it's a, really, um, it's a really important body of work, and it's one that we hold in our collection. And it, it therefore can be available um, for loan and travel around the country, um, as long as we do it carefully. <laughs> so that's a really nice thing because it, it's built a resource that is unique to the high and unique to the region. And the other picturing the South commissions, the, the majority of the prints in that, in that show that you see upstairs are actually now part of our collection. And so they, they do reside here as resources that can be, um, that can be shown elsewhere okay. fairly easily. Um, I think we should emphasize one more time just how incredible the scope of the photographers who are doing the Picturing the South series is. So could you run through, I guess, some of the highlights and some of the current photographers who you guys commissioned? Uh, we had um, Sally Mann do a project uh, very early on in 1996. Actually, there were three photographers commissioned in 96. It was Sally Mann, Alex Webb, and Dawood Bay. And they each did a totally different 
thing. Alex Webb focused on um, the urban streetscape of Atlanta. Sally looked at um, uh, landscape in, in, in and around Savannah, Georgia. Um, Bay photographed um, uh, high school students in urban Atlanta. Portrait work. Polaroid portrait work, I believe. We've had Emmett Gowan do aerial photographs uh, of the region. Really beautiful look at um, paper, the paper industry, basically, uh, and the way that the um, that the the industry relates to the landscape and to the river um, system of the region. And uh, we had Alex Soth do a project um, along the Mississippi. Um, so it really has been it has been a, a quite a diverse group of artists. Yeah, I mean, Mike, you heard it right there. Everything from eight by ten to Polaroid. It's like it's like FPP is infiltrating museums around the world. That sums it up. Thank you again so much, Brett. And if anybody is in Atlanta or near Atlanta or can get to Atlanta, I highly encourage you to come down. Um, the Mizrak show won't be up for too much longer. But the Picturing the South series, how, much, how long uh, is that up for? The is open until early October. Picturing the South comes down at the beginning of September. Okay. Well, thank you, Brett. It was a pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. Hey, we're back. Now that you're back in the, back in the groove, back yes. in the New York groove. Yes, I've been listening to that all week. This is our... Uh, back in the New York groove. Many years since I was here. To the left and to the right. <laughs> That's how he sings it now. <laughs> Down here in the city with a fistful of dollars. Cause baby, you better believe I'm back. Back in the New York New York. I'm back. Back in the New York In the New York groove. In the New York Groove. That's you, Hunter. Yes. Yeah. And I saw, you know, I'm friends with you on Facebook, you know. I know. You were counting down the days. I was. You, like, you wanted to get the hell out of... I thought uh, he was in prison. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, you wanted to yeah. get the hell... Was it just because you were, like, in your hometown, just like... Well, I, like, started going, okay, there's 109 days left, 108. Oh, and I'm like, God. I can't stop now. Like, people are expecting it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't yeah. stop now. Yeah. Did I introduce the show? Like, did I even do an intro? Did we? No. No, I don't no think we're so. dead going. Yeah, oh yeah, we're on. But well, we talked with Dane. <laughs> We've done a lot of things you weren't aware Dane. of. Oh, tell me about what Dane said. T- Dane was at the Museum of... No, <laughs> Metro- the Metropolitan, Metropolitan Museum. Museum. Coming in? And he was yeah, shooting... They're going to be good, right? He, he asked me a question, and then he's like, Oh, by the way, what's no, on your shoe? Okay. Nobody knows what anybody's talking about right Who's now. that? It was about 13, I think. Um, so, Hunter, you're back in the New York groove, yep. and you're happy to be back in the city. Very much so. And yeah. you're not filled with dread that John, I can't, sp- I will speak for John, that the dread we were filled with when I'm, we went back to school. I am so college, excited to see college. college was great. College, college I didn't College fear. was awesome. <laughs> uh, grade school was a nightmare. Grade school was terrible. Grade school was horrible. Right? Everyone thinks so that, bad. right? I, I blocked it out. Oh, no. You know, John and I are uh, much older than you. They haven't figured this out yet. The grade school's still awful. It's yeah, horrible. Well, you just get pushed like downstairs and stuff. Around. <laughs> get, get, <laughs> nuns bang your heads together with other children. Ow! So, um, what? You're a sophomore now. Yes. Soft. Yes. Yeah. What's uh, what's on your plate study wise? The mandatory class I have. Well, the biggest one is studio. So lighting and such. Ah, that'll be fun. Yep. You'll get a real kick Four out of it. Four by five and eight by ten portraits is my ah. my goal. We're going to look forward to seeing some of your shots. Yep. 
Listen, I'm really excited you're here. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. glad to see you. I'm excited to get back into hey. the FPP groove. Yeah, that's good. Hopefully some new stuff will I'm up back. No. So do you back <laughs> in the FPP groove. <laughs> How do you started. feel about uh, going over to Impossible to ask him about? We, this is our next topic. Um, are there opacification? Tell him, tell him, Matt, tell us, fill us in. Sure. Well, uh, over the past summer, it, unless you've, you've been fortunate enough to be awake between the hours of, of 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. when they, they released this film to their, <laughs> to their pioneer members for 15 seconds. Yeah. Um, Matt's being sarcastic, but I can tell you, incredibly I have not been able to get I haven't either. <laughs> the film. Wow. They, they put it up in spurts. Like, at 10 a.m., yeah. you can go to the site and order four packs of the new test film. So at, so at 10.01, the site's like down <laughs> just oh because God. there's so many people like hitting it. On Flickr, there's a whole thread wow. about it where they're, they're discussing, I got it at 10.03. What time zone are you in? Where, you know, like they're yeah, trying to they're nail like down really exactly. grilling about it. But yeah. So long story short, this summer, <laughs> uh, ended, I think it was ended July this summer, or the beginning of July, they released, to date, their best Pioneer beta film. It was called the, I don't know, there was some... Super X V2 512. Exactly. <laughs> Opacification, like, a, I just PX call it opacification 11. film because it's got a better opacifier, a, yeah. opacifying layer, and that's um, the, the color that comes out when mm. when it shoots out of the camera. You could just shoot out the camera in broad daylight. Broad daylight. daylight. And let it, let, uh, it let it come up. <laughs> you can exactly. watch it develop? You can watch yeah. it develop. Wow. If you're shooting it inside, what? no Which? shielding whatsoever. If you shoot it in, like, low afternoon light or whatever... <laughs> You can still watch it come up. Bright sunlight, you got to shield it 5, 10 seconds, yeah. and then you can watch it develop. Wow. And the colors that That's come special. out of it uh, are a little softer palette. It looks like expired. Like there's honestly, I was telling Mike this earlier. When I look on the Flickr stream of the Impossible Project, I'm really having a hard time telling what's exp- heavily expired wow. SX70 and what's the new stuff. That's so cool. We're talking about <laughs> Impossible Project film for vintage Polaroid cameras, the type of film that spits out the front. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to make sure everyone knows what we're Exactly. The, the type of film that's yeah. the It just looks really, really good. I'm they make an inspector or just SX-70? Just SX-70 uh, SX right now. That means you can use right. it in a 600, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 People, what, and people are I, playing I with that. I just shot one a few minutes ago. I got, that's what I got and loaded up in here. Look at Mark with an SX-70. I, I have an SX-70 in my hand that has film in it that I bought. Ladies and gentlemen. Ooh, shut a, up. An amazing thing that <laughs> happened. Is it a bum? No, it's a real one. Okay. This is truly what? a new season of FEP. John yeah. shoots Impossible Project film. Yeah. Mark went back to SX-70 after like... I've been shooting 35mm. <laughs> oh, my God. What's happening? The world is topsy-turvy. When I came in tonight, Mike was shooting with a digital camera. <laughs> I was shooting a movie. On. Well, still. Okay. Yeah. yeah. What, uh, what made you go back to that SX-70? <clears throat> Went on a family vacation and uh, and I wanted to do just all retro shooting, so I was bringing 110. And I thought, what the hell? I'm going to buy a couple packs of the um, the new uh, the PX70 cool, cool. Yeah. shade, whatever Great it's film. called. The very first picture out of the camera was beautiful. I love it. Later. Love it. I love it. It came out great. So what about opacification? What does it mean, Matt? I've been opacified. The opacification proclamation. I've been opacified. If you you look at any of the old uh, Polaroid movies or the old SX-70 commercials on YouTube, Mm. you see the the Polaroid film shoots out, and it looks like this this teal green color. That's the opacifier. Basically, it's making sure that while the developing of the image under – under that goop that looks like toothpaste, that no UV or any light is striking the film while it's developing and processing. Mm-hmm. It's doing all the things that you would normally do in the darkroom right there in front of your eyes. So that's what the opacifier is. And I just... It's like a super filter. Exactly. Like a, yeah. The it's best ND filter hero. in the world. Yeah, right. yeah. It's a it 10,000 And then, and then as it clears away, 
your image emerges. And currently, it's been that kind of like really deep navy blue, and I, I think it's it is still, a beautiful yeah. blue. Yeah, it's, yeah, it still looks beautiful blue, but they've added something else to it that blocks out light a little bit better. I guess as a result of it being thicker, the color palette is a little bit softer, mm-hmm. but I love the look of it. It's it's great film. Every shot I've seen out of it, I've liked. I love the look of the expired Polaroid film. So there you go. That would be perfect for me. This will flow very nicely to what is an impossible frog tongue. What is it? I have a frog tongue. John has a frog tongue. I have one. Got one. I woke up in oh the morning. Oh, my God. And when I, I, I did the tongue. interview, they gave me one. You'll need a PX shade. I, I don't understand. It seems kind of clunky in the XS70. I don't understand why it's not the retractable one like they have on the Spectres and such. And what not. What do you mean? Explain. Because uh, the, where, where the, where the film just hangs where, out the front. Yeah, where the film ejects, it's too thin, so they can't afford to have something roll up back like that. I, I oh. just don't think it shoots it out with enough power. That's something. the only thing is that, yeah, the, the SX-71 seems kind of clunky for me. It's kind of flimsy right there. Yeah. But The, the go- PX shade, you mean? Wimpy, yeah. Wimpy. But the, <laughs> the good thing is, the better, the longer this goes on with Impossible Project, the less time you even have yeah. to, to shade it. So, exactly. for example, you're need you're that, the, need the frog tongue. Well, right now you need it. Right now you need it. And even if you're using that opacification film, and you're shooting it in broad, like, bleeding daylight. Yeah. You're still Five, ten it. seconds under there, then tuck it in your pocket like you're used to. Oh, my and God, look at you. It's going to be a beautiful color. What are you doing with that? What? This is, what do you mean? This is my other XX7. You're kidding. Oh. You have a sonar? This is my sonar. Do you, have, do you have a mint yet? No. You don't have a mint flash yet? No. Need some mint flash. I've been using the, um... Flash, flash bars? Pause. The flash adapter? The, the, uh, the, those flash chips from the... Oh! From the guy. What's oh, his I'm name? blanking on his name. You have one of those. Those are... We have, we've had one hanging on the wall of the studio, and I finally, a couple weeks ago, was like, hey, I can use that That now. thing's genius. So, I, okay, so, and now back to our show. I don't want to <laughs> but, yeah, I've been using the little, the little uh, PC flash adapter for it, which is great. You and can't buy those. You can't? No. Why not? Years ago, he was making them on demand, but he stopped making those. Can't buy me love either. As, I don't know about that. As of, a, as of a couple months ago, they listed on the site. They're 50 bucks. Oh, I did not know that. And you can also just download the schematic if you want to make it yourself. It's kind of open We're source. talking about a basically a, a... What would you call the... What would you call it? It's a, it's a flash bar to PC adapter, basically. Yeah. yeah. I would call them fairly rare. There's an impossible I would call it a flash nope. bar to PC. No, they, mint, they, they make a mint flash. Mint it's just electronic a, flash. It's just an electronic oh. flash. So the frog tongue is... For an SX-70 box-type camera... It is basically when you when you the print spits out the front, the piece of black film is over the print, and then it snaps back. Yeah. John's got one for a Spectre. He just used it. Yeah. So. With the with the frog tongue, it's longer so that as it ejects from the camera, the black rolls out and it covers it. It stays on it until you remove it. It shields the and it film. Snaps back. Yeah, it shields the film, and it's very important. If you're shooting a possible film, because I can tell you, Matt, that I get a letter every single week. I mean, you get the same letters for large format. Of course. Every single week asking the same question. I'm using SX-70 film, and I'm having trouble getting results with it. In other words, everyone's film is just blown out. As my film was blown out in Cleveland. Remember us having a problem? Exactly. Yeah. Blown out in Cleveland! <laughs> and that is because I was shooting in broad daylight, and the film was just too sensitive. I did not have a frog. Didn't tongue. shield it. Uh, I didn't enough. shield it. You were like, yeah. eh, throw it in your pocket. Yeah, it was not. Fumbly. No. That, I mean, the light was... The, the sun it's very bright it's yeah. so bright that's just you know that big thing in the sky yeah too bright so I went into the shade and I had amazing success so I want to inform everyone shooting SX-70 it's with their SX-70 camera box type camera like the Polaroid white rainbow camera dark side of the moon camera white rainbow the Pronto 
What else? Pronto. Pronto. Button. The button. 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 Who got the button? You need to shoot in the shade. Turn your dark and lighten all the way to darken. Yeah. Make sure you use a frog tongue or mm-hmm. somehow shield your film when it ejects. Yeah. And shove that into a dark bag or pocket. Shove it. Right. Now, we, we just talked about the new film that, that yeah. uh, Impossible is developing, the Super X SG 54G <laughs> 75. Cool, cool color shade. No, no, no. We're talking about the, the, old the, nec- the next gen. Oh, the, oh, the, the next gen. gen. Oh, we may be able to, they may be able to get over that hurdle, but for now. They're still, getting there. It's, yeah. Still, but yeah. for now, there's the, the cool, cool film, which is light sensitive. Yeah. And the you see PX70 stuff that I'm shooting in this camera right now, I, I've been taking, I, I keep, like, being afraid to turn it all the way to dark. No, you shouldn't. No, but keep going. At all the way to dark, full-on noon sun on a cloudless day, the pictures were coming out great. So Quick. you don't even right. need to worry about shade. Those cameras are different. You have um, – that is a, a single-lens reflex yeah. camera. Yeah, oh, the Model 2, yeah. The Model uh, – so, yeah. The, the mo- Model 2. The yeah. Model 2, the Model 1, Model the Alpha, the Sonar. The, it's a little bit different sensitivity than every, the box every cameras. Ca- every camera is different. Yeah. 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 Although people should know, the frog ton is also for 600 cameras. I don't know officially, yes, but yes. they gave me one, and it works in my 600. Oh, yeah. yes. And you can get a frog tongue for your Polaroid Spectre, Spectre. camera. Yeah, Shane, I got one. Spectre. And if you're listening, you're like, John's what? John's Minolta what? Spectre. That's right. Yeah, Minolta Polaroid camera. That's right. <laughs> I have a 110, an Instant 35. He's, he's, he's been Minolta Paul since Minolta. before it was cool. And I almost bought a Minolta TLR. You need a shirt that says Minolta Man. He's a Minolta hipster. Minolta Man. Yeah. He's the man. The man with the Minolta Minolta touch. He's too much. So if you're new to Polaroid photography, the type, James Garner type. It's it's a good time to get in. Great time. And listen, for the longest time, it was me... Pounding away, yeah. like how great it is. Yeah. It's everybody else. Everybody's <laughs> like, "Shut up, Mike." Yeah, but now, yeah. really, it's a remarkable time. John Fidelli shooting with his Polaroid Spectra. For two years, I was a skeptic. Yeah, big skeptic. I was a skeptic. Mark is over there with two, not one, two SX70 uh, SLR cameras. One sonar, which is beautiful, by the way. And, and the funny thing is, I had one. I had the model, the model one, and I hated it. And I put it on eBay and I sold it. No, somebody, somebody gave me the model two. Okay. And then a couple weeks later, I actually found the, the sonar one step at a pawn shop for ten bucks, and I had to get it. And I thought, all right, this is fate. I have to start shooting SX70 because now I've got two of them, and I'm an idiot. And are you pleased? <laughs> and are you pleased so far? I am pretty pleased. Yeah. If I remember to turn it all the way to dark, it works out great. Um, I haven't actually tried the sonar one yet. I haven't put any film in that yet, but uh, I'm looking forward to it. Good. You're and I do. Have to, I want to get a mint now for it too. If, uh, holding it very lovingly. Yes, and I actually, just yesterday, I ordered a, a three pack of film from Impossible, so I got another box of film coming. Do you, Hunter? Do you think we should? When I say we, I mean you. I mean, do you think we should get like a few words <laughs> from from the Impossible yes. on the opacification? Yeah. I'll reach out. They're, yeah. they're really nice down there, so they'll probably yeah, we'll jump, jump to it. Yeah. yeah, jump to it. I mean, that, that is the next generation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, That's what everybody wanted was you can look at the film develop, and, and now you can. for all you uh, complainers out there. Yeah, why are you looking at me? <laughs> all you <Shane>. haters. <laughs> uh, what's going to happen is the film is going to become so good that people are going to wish that the older generation films still existed because they were experimental in nature. I like... I think they'll keep... I around. like the past year. You do? They could just freeze... Do some of that stuff, yeah. keep it coming, but it's going to go away. Isn't well, it? they're going to. Well, yes. The for example, the uh, PX six eighty mm, color shade that they're you know that's done. Really? Yes. That that Shame. generation. It was color shade first flush, I believe. Yeah. It's gone now. The cool. Now right. will be nostalgic. There, 
they're creating yeah. basically they're creating collectible limited editions every time they come out with something. There's a there's a guitar company I know of that does that. That every year they come out with a few guitars, they take orders, they make them, and then that's it. So there are people who just specifically collect those guitars. So there's going to be people out there who every time impossible comes out with a film, they'll buy a hundred packs of it, put it in the back of their fridge, and just sit on it. But uh, Matt, there is a window on these films, no doubt. Oh yeah, with the with how they've been releasing their uh, beta films for Pioneer members. They're really trying to entice people people to buy. Before, it was kind of like you can buy... They put the limit at, like, 20 packs. Nobody would usually really meet that. Mm-hmm. And But the window was open, like, all day. You had all day to do it. There was thousands of boxes of film. And it would take a couple days for it to kind of, like, weed down. Now it's like you have, like, two hours. You can get on the site and buy. Everybody jumps in at 10 a.m. Everybody can only get four packs. Yeah. And just every, even people I know that don't have any money... on. And when they get that pioneer email, they they make room for it to spend hundred bucks on. And they're probably film. making more film than they were back then too. So oh, they definitely are selling out more of it in ten times. The, you know. And if I can make a time. prediction for listeners here, yes. If you don't already own a Polaroid automatic land camera, SX seventy six hundred style, the, the nice ones, really SX seventy sonars, SLR six eighties, the really premium stuff. Once Impossible Film reaches the point where you can watch it develop. Everybody's going to want gonna it. Everybody's going to want it. So yep. get these cameras now, now, guys. Go on to the filmphotographystore.com. Yeah. Go on, go on the bay. Get these cameras in your hands. If you're looking for the next gen of Polaroid Integral Films, they're here. Do it. 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 Uh, quick letter before we take a break. This is from, this is from Mike. Oh, Mike, Mike sent himself a letter. Flicker, Flicker name, uh, Blea, oh, Blea 100. He added me a couple weeks ago on Flickr. Okay. <laughs> Thanks to you, Mr. Michael Rosso, I had to pick myself up a Polaroid camera. I visited the local thrift shop and found a Polaroid 600. Well, I tried to find one that could use some Fuji Pack film, but unfortunately, no dice. Regardless, I picked up some impossible PX 600 silver shade, and it's just wonderful. I've never owned a Polaroid camera before. I must thank you for pushing Polaroids constantly. It's wonderful film, and my eldest son loves how the camera spits out a photo that he can see an image instead of me having to develop the photos. Cheers, Mike. To Mike from Mike. To Mike from Mike. Yeah, how about that? Huh. How do you pronounce your name? Mike. Mike. That's one. I mean, the proof is in the pudding, right, John? Yeah, definitely. So, folks it's who get into it love it. Yeah, it's so much fun. It's good to be it's able to go out now. I mean, some of the fun is hunting down these cameras, is too. Yeah. Oh, definitely. As well, I mean, as too. Huh? That's all the fun for me. I love yeah. hunting down. Mike is getting his oh. cane hooked You're on total it. hunter. <laughs> I just picked up a 118 box camera last weekend. It's I just I go for the stupidest oh, cameras I can find. 118. 118. <laughs> It makes 120 look like 110. <laughs> hey, oh, 118 hey. is a roll film roll format. Film. Very, that's very large, film. correct? Extremely, yeah. It was it's the it big was, wooden knob, right? That comes on the. Well, I yeah, I have I have a 118 bellows camera too. Bellows. But yeah, this is a 118 box camera. I think I think 118's been dead since the 60s, but uh, it's like uh, 90 millimeter. It's gigantic. Holy smokes! So the actual. The actual box. Not only will it take pictures, you can carry a sandwich in it. It's huge. Hey, look at that. <laughs> and have you found any, what is it, 118? 118. Have no, you found any 118 no, no, film? No, no, it's long gone. I, I put 116, which is 70 millimeter, into it. And you get kind of like wide, you get like panoramic 70 millimeter pictures out of it. Hmm. Wow, cool. But again, thrift store was five bucks. Couldn't help it. Thrift store where? Northern Vermont. No kidding. Hey. I go to the ends of the earth for my camera. Seriously. You do. The ends of Vermont, at least. (laughs) Hey, when 
When we come back, we're going to be talking about scanning and Hunter. (laughs) (laughs) Breaking news. Go to your family's basements, your family's attic, drawers. Turn things upside down and look for your family's 110 film camera. Yep, 110 film is back. The film photography store is now stocking fresh 110 film. And if you don't have a camera, 110 new and vintage cameras. That's right, filmphotographystore.com. Support the FPP. Check out, try, revitalize your interest in 110 film. 110 film is back. You thinking about trying it? You've never shot 110? Now's the time to do it. Filmphotographystore.com. We're carrying the new Lomography, the Orca 110 black and white. That's 100 ASA 110 film. The Lomography Tiger. Tiger 200 film. That's 200 ASA color film. And the Fugatsu. 400 color film. That's 400 ASA color film. Never, ever, ever would I thought that 2012 would have brought such awesome new 110 film stocks. Now's the time to check it out. Filmphotographystore.com. It helps the FPP. Very appreciative of all the folks that have been to the Film Photography Store over the last year. We're celebrating our one-year anniversary of having our online store. Please do check it out. Thank you very much. Hey, we're back. Hey, hey, you know there are. Quick, let's get on the air so we can talk about it. You know there are a lot of celebrities that shoot film. Yeah. I think of Brad Pitt. He shoots film. Oh yes. yeah. He had a big, big film article. Yeah. There's a big really? film article, black and white. Yeah, there, I just saw a, a big uh, thing that someone had posted online of, of a bunch of pictures that he had taken of Angelina, which were actually oh, really nice. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. 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 And we saw that picture of Jeff Bridges with his wide lux a few weeks ago. Which oh, is, really? Jeff Bridges huh? has some great photos. Yeah, there's a whole gallery of pictures that he took during the Tron Legacy show. And, and Iron Man. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Iron Man, right. Wasn't yeah. Jimmy Stewart a big photography buff? I don't know. All I know is Rear Window. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, remember oh, that time he was laid yeah. up with a broken leg? Yeah, I'm trying to think. <laughs> there was somebody who was a big... Dennis Hopper, I think, shot film. What about Jack White? He did actually. Uh, I just saw something online. Someone had done a, a custom uh, SX70 for him. Lauren's like, over here, mic. please. Lauren, Lauren has a question. Lauren has a qu- no a comment about oh, okay. celebrity. Maybe. I was gonna say Johnny Depp. Oh, Johnny Depp shoots film. Yeah. What does he shoot? I think he shoots Polaroid. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. I've seen pictures online with him with a Spectra. Okay. Yeah. Of you course, should, you should friend him. Of course, Patty Smith. Yeah. Of course. Oh, of course. Yeah. Of course. This is actually a great segue to, to go to our Adita Sherman interview. Great. Because she shot celebrities. Did she really? Yes, she did. FPP listener Marcelo Yanez, he's a student in New York City. He contacted both me and Matt and said, hey, I'd like to do an interview with Adita Sherman, the re- renowned 8x10 photographer who lived above Carnegie Hall, artist, one of the artists above Carnegie Hall. She's celebrating her 100th birthday, and uh, Marcelo said, uh, I'd like to set, do an interview and send it to FPP so that all your listeners around the world can, can know about Adida. I said, great. Yes. She you, was in the film I interviewed Joseph Astor about. That's right. Yes. She's that's on called the cover. Lost Nicole. Bohemia. Lost Bohemia. She, along wow. with Bill Cunningham and other artists, lived on, lived on top of oh, Carnegie Hall. Oh, she's a resident up there. Yeah, she's yeah. in the Bill Cunningham movie. Yeah, she's in the Bill Cunningham movie. Have you seen that yet? No. Bill great, Cunningham, great New York. I, I know. Hunter did a piece on it. And <laughs> no. yeah. Yeah, I did, yeah, I did a piece on Lost Bohemia. You need to see it. Well, she shot 8x10. Large format. During the, portraiture. During the yeah. 30s, 40s, 50s. And back then, Whoa. as she states... You know, it was uncommon for a woman to be shooting mm. large format. Incredibly mm. uncommon. 
So um, here is um, a, a soundbite of uh, Dita Sherman talking about photographing stars. So I became quite famous all of a sudden, you know. I was invited here and there and, and with these wonderful photographs of these stars. Tyrone Power, uh, Henry Fonda, uh, Max Eastman, so, so many. Charles Lawton, for instance, mm -hmm. because one of the uh, actors that came in uh, to the studio said, how would you like to photograph Charles Lawton? Oh, my, I said, that would be wonderful. Who would think, I mean, as such a, a big star as Charles Lawton for me to photograph him, you know? And so he says, I went right to the phone and called him. He says, I want you to come over here at this studio of Edith Sherman and be photographed. He said, make sure that your hair is combed. <laughs> so he called me. And he says, I understand I'm to come over and, and have my photograph taken. He said, I might be cockeyed drunk, but he said, <laughs> and so he comes in, you know, and his hair is combed. And he is so, uh, so patient that as I'm getting my camera ready to photograph him, you know. And I have these marvelous photographs of Charles Lawton. Mm -hmm. yeah. Here is uh, uh, a soundbite of... Um Adita Sherman, she's talking about her favorite photographers, two of which are Yusuf Karsh. Mm -hmm. Fantastic lighting, Karsh. Karsh. Very famous for his um, hot lights. He kind of like made hot lights what they are. Really? Just with beautiful lighting technique, uh, very strong emotional portraits where you really felt close to the subject. And Francesco Scavulo. Scavulo, uh, yeah. You heard Fashion of Scavulo? photographer, yeah. Yeah, Scavulo, yeah. Let's listen to that sound. Clip. So, do you have any favorite photographers? Well, the favorite photographers uh, that I've had, yes. I mean, it, uh, I liked Karsh. Mm -hmm. And uh, he did some very artistic work in uh, black and white in color. His work is very well known. And uh, that's one of the photographers from Canada. He was from Canada. I liked, uh, he just died not long ago, Scavulo. Mm -hmm. And I. Uh, I liked his work very much, and he photographed me, and I, in in one of the books, and uh, it's very nice. He did a beautiful job on it. Plus, he did a lot of uh, beauty beauties, you know. So I was flattered to think that he considered me a beauty. <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, I was not that young anymore, you know, but uh, evidently. He was he was very happy to photograph me, so th that was it. In this sound clip, Adita talks about her eight by ten photography, her favorite film stock, Ooh. and the favorite portraits that she shot, and on working with Andy Warhol. Mm. Before you left Carnegie Hall, I heard you you were shooting with an eight by ten, and once you moved, you stopped. Um, when you were shooting eight by ten, what was your favorite film? Well, I just used Kodak film, mm -hmm. I used, and uh, also Ansco, which was another company. But the Kodak is the one that I use mostly, and which is um, a, a good film. Of all the works here exhibited, which one are you most proud of? Well, I, I, I have so many. I mean, that Carl Sandburg is one, Leopold Stokowski, the famous... Uh, Conductor from Carnegie Hall, Charlton Heston, 
I happened to um, to photograph him at a time when he was studying acting and so on. I photographed him. He was so so charming, you know. And uh, I always had very good uh, results with uh, my subjects. I think it was the reason that I was a woman, for one thing, and that I uh, uh, I never would discuss their personal affairs and films or anything of that sort. I, I just would, you know, just uh, talk about the weather and about my <laughs> <laughs> mainly. And one was Joseph Cotton, talk about the weather, that he came in and he had, it was a little tipsy. He uh-huh. had something to drink. He came in with his agent. And I guess the agent saw that it was okay atmosphere and he left. And so I, I said to Mr. Cotton, I said, maybe you'd like to have a drink of orange juice, I said. <laughs> <laughs> he laughed and he said, is it cold? Oh, yes, I said, it's cold. So <laughs> he drank the, the orange juice, but, you know... <laughs> He did have a little, t- he was a little tipsy, but I have the beautiful photographs of uh, Joseph Cotton. So I, I usually get good re- good results, you know, and... Uh, what about Andy Warhol? Was, he, uh, was Andy Warhol a, a fun person to shoot? Oh, yes. That, actually, I mean, he was photographing me, you know, that uh, was, uh, that he... Well, the story was about... Uh, about Andy Warhol was that it was, uh, you know, he did uh, a lot of different uh, photographs of people and so on through the years. And one night the phone rings and uh, uh, this is uh, so-so, I don't want to mention names. And he says, we're down at the Russian tea room having dinner. Andy Warhol would like to come up, he says, and, uh, and meet you. He said, I know it's late. I don't feel about that. I, not at all. I said, come on up. I, I, I go to bed very late. So they came up and they sat down. And uh, he said, my, he said, uh, you have a marvelous studio and all these stars. And he was so fascinated by the, uh, the famous people I had. And he says, uh, he didn't speak with me directly, but he would speak to the, his friend, agent. Andy says that he would like to photograph you. Oh, I said, that's fine. I said, uh, yes, of course. I said, uh, what? Uh, he says, there's no money. He says, maybe $50. Oh, well, that's okay. I said, uh, give it to charity. That's fine. When does he want to do it? He's going to call you and make a date. Oh, uh, thank you, I said, uh, Andy. And, uh, so they made an appointment, uh-huh. and they came up, and I got all ready because uh, I, I didn't know what, he, what kind of a, a film they wanted to do on me, you know. And um, he said, uh, he got me in front of the camera, and uh, he, I said, what shall I say, Miss Andy? And he said, uh, say anything that comes to your mind. But I said, I don't understand if anything comes to my mind. I said, well, 
Maybe I could recite a little poetry. Is, is that... Uh, oh, yes, he says, go, go ahead, recite. I said I could do that in Italian. Oh, then you wouldn't understand it. <laughs> but I, I said, okay, I'll do some of it. And then I said, maybe you'd like to see me do uh, the dying swan. It's a dance that I do. Oh, that would be great, he said. Well, okay. I said, well, I'll have to change my... Uh, my dress and put on my costume. Okay, and so I had another studio directly across the way from my place. So I went in there and changed my uh, dress and the, the one you see here yes. is the one. And uh, so I came out and I, I did that dying swan you know, with the music and, and everything. And that, that was a success. Then he had the opening and I went with uh, Bill Cunningham and a few little actors that I knew. We went to the theater to see the results of this uh, film. But now it's very famous. Yes. But my pictures of Andy is, uh, is a great success. Yeah, it's a great yes. image. Yes, and uh, I'm going to be showing one here tomorrow. Okay. I'm going to bring it here. Uh, in this clip, uh, Adita talks about setting up a charity and... Car- and life at Carnegie Hall. Yeah, must have been great. Yeah. Must have been grand. It, it, I, I hope now they get that I'm 100 years old, that uh, I'm old enough <laughs> to still remember some things, you know, in letters. And, and what I try to do also is uh, uh, trying to have a charity, a foundation, where I'd be able to help people that need in photography and young people studying in. And this is the thing that I, I've been planning. And although I'm no longer in Carnegie Hall, which was very important for me at the time, that being there at uh, 60 years was a long time. And it was an uh, important effort that... Uh, that I moved in there to help people and, at the different things that I was doing. So now I'm at, at a different address. I'm no longer in Carnegie Hall, but uh, I'll always remember Carnegie Hall. Yeah. Uh, Matt's While talking about that uh, Adita Sherman, she's 100 years old. She's been shooting in the 30s and 40s. She saw film being invented. Yeah, like like we uh, in photography, I lived through like Portrait of 400 being a new film, which is you know, incredibly, incredibly recent for the life of film. She she witnessed the birth of Triax. Isn't that amazing? I was going to say it's sort of the opposite of what we see now, where yeah, every couple of years a film goes away. She's she's witnessed she them the coming opposite. in. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of crazy to think that about. that crazy new thing that comes out. 110, 126, <laughs> 135. Seen it all. <laughs> Two lamographers in their twenties. I have friends who are 20 something. Oh, oh he t- knows people. What are you, 19? Yeah. We've got a teen on board. As of 19. As of oh, you just turned 19. Uh, oh, man, that's excellent, huh, John? To teens, like, 110 film is new. You know, like, oh, yes. this new format just came out. It's true. It's called I, 110. I don't understand. They're coming out with this new film, but there's already cameras that work with it. Amazing. <laughs> Thousands of them. They're everywhere. You know, uh, Hunter, know? you, uh, in the last six months, have been shooting some Chrome film. Yes, I love Chrome. I love slide film. It's greatest uh, so chrome film is transparency film film that produces a positive image correct and it's uh known as e6 processing E six. <laughs> <laughs> uh 
and it's wonderful. It's a really wonderful film stock. E6. Uh, you came and visited me. When was that? In April? Probably. March or April. March or April. And you, we just walked around Butler and shot some chrome. Yeah. And you awesome. scanned that yourself. I did. And um, I actually, I didn't tell you this. I actually <laughs> downloaded your picture and color corrected it for oh. you. Because scanning yeah. chrome... It's hard. Now, did, did, were you not familiar with the scanning process? Were you not familiar with the scanning? Um, did a friend of yours do the scanning and you said thanks? How did I, that work? I did the scanning myself, but I didn't have time to go in and process it. And it, over time, I've actually took taken the files of Photoshop and changed them. Like, I eventually re-uploaded some of them, so some of them change over time. But then you shot some film and sent it to thedarkroom.com. I, I went to Portland to visit my girlfriend over the summer, yep. and um, I shot six roll seven rolls of uh, Provia 100F and then you sent it to the, to the dark room and all of a sudden the scans are brilliant it's like yeah oh. were you impre- impressed with the I was I don't know if it's because the film I shot before was expired ectochrome that may have something to do why the, sh- why the color shifted right um, but yeah the scans from the dark room are mo- 100, not 100% but mostly perfect yeah and scanning is a tough nut it is <laughs> to crack Especially if you're dealing with expired chrome, which is tough. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're just asking for trouble before you get started. <laughs> and plus, you know, as we mentioned in the past on the FPP, uh, can you talk a little bit about this, Matt? What's la- the latitude is narrow when you're shooting. What does that mean exactly? Well, you just have less room for error. Oh. Uh, they say four to five. They say four to five. Oh, you, oh, you mean total, total range or range yeah. plus or minus? Total. Uh, the total the total range is somewhere between four and five stops, yeah. but the latitude is not even one stop. I mean, if you get it under, the shadows are going to be muddy. They're going to be really hard to dig in there and get information. And you go you go over, and your highlights they're gone, and it's going to be clear on the transparent on the transparency. So you really have to to get it right. It, the latitude is is equivalent to a lot of you know digital cameras yeah. out there. So you have to be right on. Yeah, I've been. I shot this summer. I shot four by five expired ectochrome by like fifteen years, but it was cold stored. And they used an iPhone light meter, so I'm interested to see how. Mm. Yeah. What, what did you use to meter your shots for the stuff you shot this summer? Chrome. Um, if it was thirty five millimeter, it was in camera, and if it was the four by five, it was the iPhone light meter. Oh, okay. Yep. And you haven't processed that yet. I have not. It's all. It's. And you've Pro- been shooting with the chinchilla camera? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the Chinon? Chinon? Chinon. Chinon. Yeah, yeah Chinon. What, yeah. what model number is that? That's a nice... That's CS. a nice... What would, what would Dane call? He, what does he call those cameras that make clunks? The, his, I was Clunker. just about to say, that Clunker. looks just like his, uh, his Porsche, the clapper. A cla- <laughs> clapper. The, these are cameras that make a, lo- a loud... Clapping yeah, sound? Yeah, Clap yeah awesome. On. Wow. Clap yeah. on. Clap on. Clap on. Let you turn things on or off from anywhere in the room. Just plug in the clapper and a television, lamp, stereo, almost anything you want to clap on and off. Clap on, clap off, clap on, clap off. The clapper. Yeah, if you had that lightswick thing, what did you call that? The clapper. The clapper. clapper. Oh, it's called the clapper. Yeah. yeah. Clap on, clap off, clap on, clap off. The clapper. Clapper is available at Meyer, Perry, Hills, and Osco. Get yours today. Clapper. It was an old lady originally. <laughs> <laughs> That's the same woman She's who been replaced f- by a camera. That's the same woman who fell. Could get it up. is. Can't get up. Really? Yeah. yeah. Wow, she and was... she also wondered where the beef was. <laughs> so scanning is scanning. a challenge. Yes. And let's say you're out doing landscapes and you get back your chrome film and it's amazing. 
Now, of course, we've been we've been all scanning in the Epson V seven hundred. Yep, I haven't. People, <laughs> I, we know. I haven't. <laughs> have you no. been shooting? Have you been shooting your transparencies with your digital camera at a window? <laughs> No. No? Are you sure? No. At the school. People do that, right? At the yeah. school, I scan well, with It's called hobo scanning. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. Hobo that's, scanning. That's the way they scan negatives in prison. <laughs> prison scanning. Develop an E6 in the toilet. They like, to, stick it on, the they stick it on a piece scanning. of glass. Toilet. And they oh, shoot it with their iPhone. Exactly. They like, And they're done. Yeah. E6. And if it's a neg, they'll <laughs> invert it. I never problem. thought about that. Yeah. Here, Lauren's like lack of disgust. Ugh. <laughs> just lay down, Lauren. She just threw up. It's okay. You can lay down. Uh, Hold up the chinonanon. Papi padudup. So you could. What are you? What, what did you scan on? I at the school Hobo scan. <laughs> no, at the school they have an Imicon. So. Ooh, Imicon. 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 What great, is that? Great scanners. 1970? It's uh, It's older but they're great scanners. Those are the bad guys from Star Trek, right? It's Who, like in between a flatbed and a drum scan. So it's They're called yeah. It's a pseudo drum scan, I yeah, guess. Yeah, they, they call them pseudo drum scanners. Yeah. But it's not. It's, it's a high it's a high How exactly scanner. did your scans come out so awful? <laughs> <laughs> No, I want to know. Right. Um, <laughs> America must know. It's. I was just rushed. I didn't take the time. Hobo scan. You did a, a, what did you call it? A scan? Imicon. 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 We use the. Hi. Comic-Con. Ep- we use the Epson. You do the Comic-Con scan. We do the Epson V700, V700. which are excellent. Great. They're excellent, but they're not drum scans. They're not the top of the line. What yeah. is it? We talked about this in the, recently in the past, but yeah. then a guy sent us an email about an amazing deal. It was almost as, as amazing as that deal the darkroom gave us. That we just years. had, yeah. yeah. A few years ago. <laughs> <laughs> it was 10 years ago. No. So, you know who's, he was really good at scanning, Mike? No, who? My buddy in the UK, landsca- great landscape nice. photographer, shoots chrome all the time and makes it look glorious. Tim Parkin. Mm-hmm. And look, we have a listener letter, a letter from Tim Parkin. No way. Amazing. That's incredible. Now, how to pronounce his name? Tim Parkin. Oh, he's, he's messing with us. Okay. He's silly. I noticed you guys mentioned drum scanning in Donker Dave. I did scans for Donker Dave. Wow. Donker Dave. Yeah, there's a, uh, there's a photo that Dave posted. Of, it's beautiful. Did you see that one? The panoramic, that yeah. That he was and hanging they, up they, at some bloke's house? Yeah, and they put like a, showed like a crop from it, and yeah. it's like still beautiful. And did, yeah. Tim must have scanned Tim that. did that for him. Oh, wow. And I cool. offer cheap, uh, cheap scans using a drum scanner I bought a while ago. I don't make much money out of it, but it, pay, but it helps pay for maintenance, etc. Yeah. I don't think there's a cheaper service I know of in the UK. The URL is http colon slash slash cheapdrumscanning.com. That's it. Hey. And a special offer to anybody that mentions the Film Photography Podcast, a 20% discount on your first order. And when that comes to drum scanning, that's like easily 20, wow. 30 buck. What is it per scan, you think? Uh, it's, uh, it's almost 100 buck. Wow. Can you scan <laughs> a negative? You can scan a negative. You can scan you can. chrome. But really, for I feel like... You big get chromes, like 4 by 5 Big chromes, you get all the detail out of them. Can you scan yeah. your butt like at parties like they do with the copy machine? As totally. long as you can cut it off, mount it to scan a drum, Jones and boots. then rotate at 20,000 RPM, he's got it. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So if you have a 120 piece of film, you would cut it and send him a one frame? If I want it blown up, you know, really nice for a show, yeah. That's that's wow. how you do it. You drum scan. Yeah, like part of the reason I did quick scans is I knew if there was something I really liked and I wanted to do a print for class. I'll scan it later. Yeah. yeah. Scan it later, do a new scan, do it if not drum scan at absurdly high resolution. 
but t- Tim Parkin, he's a great guy. I talk to him on Twitter all the time. He's mm. he's good for getting the latest news over in the UK with film, what's going on with Ilford. He's good talks with those cool. guys. He does a lot of just a, shoots a lot of Chrome, a lot of mm. Fuji Chrome, that kind of stuff. I when when they discon- when they called for that discontinuation of, of Velvia in the four by five and eight by ten, he was on it. He was like really? the guy talking right to Fuji no about it. So he's he really knows his stuff. Um, he's one of the guys that when everybody was up in arms about there was a digital there was a digital back that came out it's like 80 megapixels or something, he's the guy that tested it versus four by five and said ah film's still better yeah. you know he's he's the guy he's he the know, guy man he knows he knows what's up great landscape stuff he's on he's on Flickr I mm-hmm. believe it's just Tim Parkin he's on Twitter at Tim Parkin yeah. great to talk to mention FPP twenty percent off your first order of drum scans you can't get better than that cheapdrumscanning.com I know there are folks out there who are shooting transparency film and they have like a favorite shot. And they want to compare. So if you could drop, you know, drop a few bucks and get a drum scan to experience it. Yeah, oh yeah, you have to experience it. Yeah. When we come back, we'll be talking about film. (laughs) (laughs) I get hot and thirsty riding a skateboard. Me too. This is a job for Kool-Aid. Hey, Kool-Aid! Oh yeah, Kool-Aid's here, bringing you fun. Kool-Aid's got thirst on the run, get a big wide happy ear to hear Kool-Aid smart style. Mmm, tastes great. Our friend's cool. Our friend's Kool-Aid. Kool-Aid brand soft drink mix. Oh yeah. Okay, I'm beautiful. Now, on to the party. Oh, I want proof of this. No, you don't. We're late already. Don't worry, this is the world's fastest developing color. You see it in seconds now, not minutes. Well, there's your proof. Go on, get it all out of your system. The Time Zero One Step and Time Zero Super Color Film are made for each other. That's why they both come in Polaroid's new made-for-each-other pack. Feel better now? Okay, let's go. You taking that to the party? Why not? I'm taking you. Hey, it's Mike Rosser here doing a live commercial here on the radio with all the guys in the studio. Let's talk about... Talk about your... Your brand new camera, what you're selling. Yes, uh. there's a, a brand new camera in the FPP store. Ooh, really? And it's a it's a plastic film tastic one twenty. Look at that. Yeah. A one t- <laughs> this is known as a one twenty Debonair camera. Ooh. It takes sixteen shots per roll of one twenty roll like film. It. It's not a Holga, it's not a Diana. It's made at a mysterious unknown factory in Hong Kong. Nice. Sometime in the 1980s. Uh-huh. And FPP just acquired a boatload. sitting in a box somewhere it. in a warehouse. All literally, a boat literally a boatload. Literally a boatload. It has a, uh, a F8 60mm super lens. It's super. It is. Sure is super. And you can tell it's super because it says super. It has a uh, hot shoe on top. Hot, hot shoe. Ooh. And you, you folks out there can have this camera. Yeah? Really? Wow, how, how do we get that You camera? go to filmphotographyproject.com, you click the store, and then you go to uh, 120 film cameras, and there it is. So That's this is a great awesome. 120 starter awesome. camera. Yes, this is You're a plastic camera. You're scared to camera. get it to 120 because it's a little bit bigger format than If you've scale. never shot 120 roll film before, this is the perfect camera to start, start with. Ooh, look at that, Dave. Perfect camera to start with, roll <laughs> film. And then once you advance, like, you know... TLRs and more professional cameras. This is a good camera just to keep in your bag oh, because yeah. it's going to give you those dreamy sort of yep. something, something. Good, good sound. You get double, triple, awesome. quadruple exposure. Sounds like a weed whacker. <laughs> <laughs> so check it out. And yeah, of course, breaks, you could use it as weeds. <laughs> and of course, by visiting the filmphotographystore.com also helps keep us going here at the Film Photography Podcast. Thank you very much. 
I like how on the bo- on the box it says take Can sixteen pictures in color or black and white. Like you, like you might need a different Green. camera for color and a different a camera for black and white. Is anybody listening to me? I'm Wait. talking. No, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here's my nice tea. The box shows it with a really freaky looking flash. On yeah, it. the flash doesn't come with a flash. I know. That's the flash wouldn't even fit in the box. It looks like a flash cube. Ooh, ooh. Any purchase over five thousand dollars on the SCP store is huge gets a free debonair. It's got the little tabs. So oh, it'll hold a 35 canister really nicely. Oh, so you Here can we go. shoot sprockets. Yep. We're already modding it. Yeah, DIY with your new uh, Filmtastic, plastic Filmtastic 120 camera. You can put a 35 millimeter cartridge in there and then shoot what's known as sprockets. Sprockets. Awesome. Just He's all know, over the debonair. debonair. Yeah. I love these. These are like, I love, oh. they're so light. And what are those going for? $19.99. Oh, I'm going to get me one. Or free with $10,000 oh, purchase. <laughs> Sold. 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 Thank you very much. Yeah. Wow, two sales right here on the show. Anthel the Yeezys. Yes. Mr. Brown. Mr. Brown, after the Costco Fest. Cap quam tang chai. Ya yut yang yang mi wang ping rau mai. Ot ton wai. Pum chu wa pum tham dai. Ot ton wai. Hey, we're back. Now, I don't know. We got this Lugosi drink. Flip it over. Flip it over. Oh. Birdie. Oh. I thought you meant turn it upside down. Where'd you find that from? Well, I put in a request to Finlay, Ohio. I put a request to everybody. Matt. Leslie, I'd imagine that we need some. We need some Mr. Brown here. Yeah. Mr. Brown, and we have some sad news. Now, oh. yeah, what is the sad news? Mr. Brown is not around. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> no, we don't know if they're not making. Mr. Brown, no, just just not, not in my area. I can't get Mr. Brown. There's a place in New York. I cannot oh. remember what it is. I'll figure out what it is. Uh, Cam, Cam, what's it Cam called? Cam, Cam, Cam. Can man? Like a deli? It's right, yes, right in Chinatown. Cam man, wasn't right. it? Cam man. Is, is that the place Cam we Cam stopped at? Man. Cam That's man. That's the place Cam we stopped at? Yeah, Cam man. Oh, Canal Street. <laughs> Canal Street. That's where Rabia had a warm can of Mr. Brown and Ooh. made believe she enjoyed it because I know it was warm. And she's, she's like, like watching it gulping it. Mm, like, it's uh, delicious. <laughs> <laughs> it only expired I 10 years ago. <laughs> I don't know if that's true, Rabia. Is that true? No, she said she liked it. She oh, said sure. American drinks are too cold. Oh. Wow. Yes. You know what, Robbie? You need to write in. Yeah. She's been around the globe this year. Yes, yeah. She sure has. There's been a lot of doing a lot of traveling and a lot of shooting. Spain and the USA. The Portugal. Portugal, Spain. Portugal. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, wait. That's two different countries. Two different countries. Very close. So we replaced Mr. Brown with Birdie. 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 If you turn the can around, oh. it says Lugosi. Really? Birdie Lugosi? Home? If you turn it upside I down, it says no you s- okay. It's no Mr. Brown, usage. but it is a nice replacement. If you it's turn it upside down, it says Kodak Portra. <laughs> <laughs> That's just rebranded Kodak Portra. Yeah. <laughs> um, so here we are. We're back. And we're going to be talking about... Film. Oh, we're hey, about, Matt. Mike. Let's talk about... Hey, uh, hey. What are we talking about? Matt, I want to talk about um, pop music... Hey, Mark, tell us about uh, you found the Canon QL17. Your experience on first of all, first of all, 
the Canon QL17 35mm rangefinder camera. It is a cult camera. And you stumbled across it. It stumbled across me. Canon QL17. QL17. Canon QL17. Canon QL17. Can you please tell us what's, what's the story, Mark? Uh, it's it's a, a camera that my mother found in her basement. Really? It's just one of those things where she came. Mother to, found it. She came to yeah. Uh, she came and visited a couple months ago and so said, "Oh, I f- I f- we found some cameras in the basement that we didn't know were there." And it was, I mean, it's my, it's you know, it's of course it wasn't like a crappy Instamatic. It was an SX70, a Zeiss Icon Contina 2A, which is awesome, and uh, this QL7. What kind of noise did you make when you? You like you held it? Would you? Oh, uh-oh. like what? Uh, it was probably like a. Oh yeah, well, all right oh. then. Yeah, I mean, it, oh. I, it's nice and compact. <laughs> it's got the one point seven. Is it the G three? G three. G three. That's feels newer. QL seventeen three G, isn't it? G three. Yeah. G three. G I I I. But yeah, it feels. It's got the. Uh, <laughs> like Lauren's listening. Like, it's like you're listening to a show. Yeah. Lauren has headsets on. She's the producer it, in the next room. Yeah, it's like you're listening. It's like you, you are the only person in the world who has an advanced minus. She gets the live version. Yeah. That's great. I'm sorry. That's it. Uh, now it is. Say something. Hello. <laughs> Canon QL17. Yeah, so it's very nice. Um, yeah, I, I kind of like the, uh, the automatic features of it. It's got um, shutter priority, which is, which is sort of different. It's got this really cool uh, automatic loading system that makes it really super easy. QL to load. is quick load. Oh, quick yeah, load. Quick load. Yeah, it's got the Canon quick load. I guess. I just it has, just like and it's like it a gate that comes down and locks the film in, so you're not pushes it miss. into the sprockets yeah. and you're good to go. Yeah. yeah. So you just you put the camera, you put the film in, you close the back, and it's it's good to go. It's great. That's good. And it's got little little um, windows on the back that let you know when it's wound, not wound, when it's advancing, so you can you know you, without having to open the back of the camera in a dark room yeah. to make sure it's loaded properly. Uh, I, I can yeah, confirm it's, nice. it's a cult camera. I know oh, really? I know two street photographers that that's all they have. They have like three of those cameras and really? they just have them constantly loaded with different stocks of film. Is that right? And they carry them on the street to go. Uh, one of them is a buddy of mine. His name's Danny. He's out of uh, he's out of Detroit and he just travels the world doing street photography. He has a lot of family in, in uh, Eastern Europe and he just goes cool. and shoots it up with that QL17 all triax kind of stuff and then I know another guy uh Matt Gagel, he's out of. Uh, he j- actually just came to Finley, and but he's a big shooter with the QL seventeen. That's all he shoots with. Wow! And uh, what's unique about the QL seventeen? Let's say compared to the other rangefinder, is that the focusing has an actual. You could focus and not confuse the. Let's say um, aperture shutter. Found uh, 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 it out. The aperture ring. On some of the rangefinders, the fo- like if you're on the street and you're going to shoot, you can easily instead of focus hit like your shutter speed. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, or you know something else. Yeah. It'll change a setting as opposed to uh, focusing. The QL17 has a unique focusing bar on the side. Unique. I wouldn't call it unique. You wouldn't? Why not? Because it's the same thing that my Rico 300 and my Paxam and my yeah, the copiers from 20 years it's earlier. It's kind of what like <laughs> it's kind of what Leicas have, except it's not uh, a bar, more as a little place to put your. It's finger. a little a little nub that's yeah. they all yeah. stole it from Leica. Yeah. yeah. They're really so. easy to zone focus and just be out and ready to shoot. It's yeah. poor man's Leica, correct? 
Um, no, I would I would say it's a little step under. <laughs> no, no. But you have a hobo cam. But they're but they're, che- they're cheap. They're really easy. They're cheap. They're really easy to get uh, repaired because they're, they're not they that are, cheap. Well, unless you're com- compared, compared well, to a Leica. I, I was gonna say yeah, for a large format. And they're and they're a, and they're a very competent rangefinder camera. It's very easy to use. Yeah, it's, go. Very, it's very solid. It's easy. It, it uses standard size. I think it's 48 millimeter filters on the front, which a lot of my wacky old cameras, rangefinders and things don't use standard size filters. And, and it's a Canon. I know you, that's why you keep pushing me on it because it's the only Canon I own. Yeah. And what type of situation do you grab it and go? I, I ne- it's never one of my grab and go cameras. And I shot a roll through it and I really liked it. And then, and then um, unfortunately, the next roll of film I put into it was black and white. And Black and white is my kryptonite. It just it just makes you melt. I th- keep thinking, oh, I'm going to use the Canon QL17. Mm-hmm. I pick it up and I, I look around it. and I'm like, I don't see anything here in black and white. It's just all color. So I put the camera back down. So I've play, had, with, play with the filters. You might be surprised. Oh, I know. So I've had the same roll of black and white in it for like a couple of months. Why don't I, I come to Smooth on Tuesday and shoot it up? There you go. It's there. I actually no, I'll shoot it up and get the black I, and white out of the camera for <laughs> just you. Just use it up for me. <laughs> yeah. I did take a couple pictures with it last week and I just have to get, get over that. And um, I just have trouble with black and white. Yeah. Get over, Get over it, man. John, have you used the rangefinder yet? Nope. Nope. Ain't got one. You're in a position where you are experimenting using different cameras. I go slow. Yeah. I like to go slow. You guys go way too fast for me. You guys get boxes of cameras. But for you, this literally is... Literally, by... But for you, this is a little... Pallets of cameras. For you, it's, John, it's literally a camera explosion for you for based me, upon the fact that you've just been using your Minolta that's all these years. That's right. Yeah, I've so, had a camera till, other than that till like two years ago. In the last few months, you have a Yashica? Yes. What is Hi. that called? Hi. Yashica Flex. Hi. Yashica Flex 120 cam- roll yeah. film camera. See? You bought a Minolta Pro, which Instant is... Instant Pro. Instant Pro. I which, call it Insta Pro. Yes, of course you do. Which is basically a Polaroid Spectra camera. Well, the close-up adapter I have fits Dane's Spectra camera perfectly. You have a uh, FPP Plastic Filmtastic 120 Debonair. Yes, I do. What else do you have that's new? The Horizon. Holga. Oh, my God. Got the Holga oh, yeah. and a Diana. You have a, oh, you have Tori the Tori Amos. Tori Amos edition. When you press the shutter, it sings? No. It complains. <laughs> uh, you've got your Horizon right there. I, no, my oh, Horizon. Which is course, a great yes. camera. You were jonesing for that camera uh, for a long time. I am too now. You've got totally. you given me the the bug. I was jonesing for the Noblex. I wanted to get a one twenty yeah. white, oh. white format, but just too dear. Noblex and a drum scan. Oh there you go. God. You got another Minolta. You got your Minolta one ten. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I have the oh. SLR. The SLR one ten. Pancake. Yeah, well, yep. I love that camera. You do. The pictures I I, I got from England. Uh, um, I I adore it. Yep. Oh, yeah. Just, very good. Speaking of England, by the way, yeah, this is from uh, Leslie at Imagine That in beautiful downtown Finlay, Ohio. She saw me posting some of our England pictures. Was oh, that right? Shot on 110. Do you guys recognize this? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Picture of a picture. Yeah. In England, there is a, I wouldn't call this a billboard. This is monstrous. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it's... Crazy. Thank you. I would call it a continental divide. Yeah, it's a mural, <laughs> and it, it is in celebration of the Queen's Jubilee. That and was a week previous to us. And it is the entire royal family, uh, and it is... All youthful and whatnot. It's overlooking the London's the River Thames. Thames. The banner depicts the Queen's Silver Jubilee in 1977, featuring Prince Charles, Prince Edward, Prince Andrew, Lord Mountbatten... Yeah. That's probably this guy. This guy? He's like, hello. Yeah, he looks like a boy. <laughs> <laughs> Along with the Queen, Prince Philip, Captain Mark Phillips, the Princess Anne, standing on the balcony at Buckingham Palace. Now, me, yeah. you, 
uh, Darren, Pancho, Riley, Becky, Mark, Dane, yeah. me, you. Yeah. I was there. Mark. Yep. Pancho. Me. Becky. You. Dane. There were 78 of us. <laughs> Not me. Not Hunter or Matt. Uh, the we 121. The 121 by 328 foot banner was wow. produced by UK's Service Graphics. Tim. The wide format print and display division of St. Ives. Okay. And it was mounted on a 150 foot sea containers house in London's South Bank area. Yeah. Uh, da, 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 to da, block da. out a casino that was under it, They utilized a Durst Row 500 printer for output, printing wow. in 42 separate sections Holy onto black. Black back PVC. Nice. The shop Wait. finished the job with high-frequency welding to bond the material. Jeez. <laughs> Wait, so a Durst row, is that the Lambda printer or is it an inkjet? Mm. I don't know. Because the Durst... They, Durst they, row they, 500 they, printer. See, because Durst makes... Well, they make <laughs> wide format everything, but... Yeah. Dur- it, Durst makes, it took 15 days to turn the job around, John. 15 days. Wow. It's incredible, right? The project represents the largest ever single graphic produced by Service Graphics, and we are extremely pleased with the results, said Scott King, Service Graphics sales director. What about the people of England who paid for it? Are they extremely... <laughs> you, know, you know, the, the only <laughs> comment that I got from it was, uh, I think it was Photoni, actually, who, who, yeah. who mentioned that he, he... Yeah, he was sort of like, oh, what did you think of that monstrosity on the yeah. Thames? I mean, it, it was a really impressive giant yeah, picture, huge. for it sure. It looked beautiful. From across the river, it's pretty incredible. Yeah. But anyway. Thank you for your review of the Canon QL17. Thank you. Which I now own. And in the future, we know what? Gosh darn it. What? Let's give one away. Let's do it. What? That's just crazy enough to work. A Canon QL17. Hey, we were supposed to give a camera away last... We did. Did we give it away? Yeah, we gave away the Minolta last time. Canon QL17 we have. There's no guarantee the light meter works. Where is it? I can take a look. Uh, uh, it does use one of those fancy, fancy pants mercury batteries, though. So I have the have fancy pant 1.5 replacements. Okay. I know there's a big you know, thing about the, the 1.5, yada, yada. But you know what? The camera's so gosh darn old, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yada, yada, well, yaki, I was just going to say, I, just, I, stuck a, I stuck an LR44 in there. Works fine. Great. Yeah. My, uh, every picture on my first test roll came out exposed perfectly. Huh. I know it's supposed to be, I have to compensate, blah, blah, yeah. blah, over, under, whatever. It works fine. Yeah. Okay. Matt, uh, while I walk hey. over t- and get the... Um, Oh, I should put an LR44 or should I put something else? I have another 1.5. If you've got the, the 360... Does it take the 368? It takes the same thing that this SRT101 that you gave away last time does, which is which we already shipped out. But No, we didn't ship it out. It's in your hands. <laughs> now, we don't know if that meter works. I should get a battery, right? Well, this has a fresh battery. You can put this in the QL17. Fresh. Uh, yeah, the PX, you know that's a fresh battery? The PX625A, because I read the letter the guy sent. <laughs> oh. oh, I have a PX625. The 1.5 volt one. It's the right replacement. Here. It's in my hand. No, I have another one for the... Okay. Well, either way. Yeah, oh, so this meter doesn't work. He said in the, in the letter, the SRT101, he said, the camera works fine, the meter does not work, even with a fresh battery. So we'll take that fresh battery and put it in the QL17. Why waste the battery? You guys exactly. are exhausting me. Oh, in the meantime, well, Matt. So, so we'd like to thank hey, Mike what? Thomas for sending a battery for the QL17. Why, as, thank uh, you, Mike Thomas. As Captain Kirk would say, take the comm, Spock. <laughs> <laughs> Spock, take the comm. We're going to take a break right now. Did you know that this year... 
There is a Polaroid automatic land camera explosion. Hundreds of people have picked up Polaroid automatic land cameras because of FPP alone. Fuel your passion for instant photography and consider picking up a Polaroid automatic land camera right in the FPP store. All cameras are on my FPP workbench, are thoroughly tested, batteries reconfigured, and ready to drop into your hands. Stop by filmphotographystore.com and check it out. Hey, we're back. Hey, Matt, darkroom tips. People have been clamoring for darkroom tips, really clawing for darkroom tips. Where to get your chemistry? And you know what? That's a gosh darn it great question. And if you get your chemistry from Freestyle.com. Freestyle! If you get your chemistry from Freestyle, Lauren. Freestyle. Matt. Uh, Yo. Freestyle just, they just, freestyle. Dropped, they just dropped their minimum shipping. What? Yeah, you really? can, anyone could order. But yes. where do you get chemistry, Matt? Where do you get chemistry? Well, you oh. know, a lot of folks right into the FPP and as soon as Mike sees anything with darkroom or chemistry it comes right it to me right to you right it just doesn't oh, even stay like, there five seconds goes, oh. yeah so you know a lot of folks ask they say oh Matt I want to mix up my own chemistry or I want to like get the components to save money you get them in bulk is that and, dangerous uh, for the most part no okay you gotta People be, can't blow be smart up. just be smart okay. you know if, if it says if it says don't be stoops don't be stoops use gloves well ventilated, like you're painting your house. Well ventilated area. Yeah. And if you don't have gloves. access to a well ventilator, spend like twenty bucks, get a respirator. Exactly, any of that. You, for the most part, you can't mix them outside. I mean, don't. Yeah. Th- no. If you have kids, for the love, don't do it in the house. Oh my God. Don't store your stuff like at the cabinets. Please don't do that. Yeah, babies but, get locks. Exactly. So you know, chemistry, one of the best chemical suppliers. They're in, uh, they're in, right in New York. Artcraft Chemicals. Mm-hmm. Artcraftchemicals.com. They have every component. If you want to do wet plate collodion, they have all the stuff. You just buy it right all there, right. ready to go. Very cheap. They sell it. and It's it's scientific, so you say how many grams you need of this, boom, it's done. You need pounds wow. of chemistry, you can buy it from them. So they sell it in, I guess, like bulk. Bulk? Bulk. So you say how just powder. Huh? Liquid or just powder? Uh, well, however the chemical is supposed to be shipped. Okay. So they're not specifically photochemistry. So, like, this is, say... say for some reason, you can't get Dectol anymore. You can make your own Dectol. You get the Metol. You get all the components, and you mix them up together. Do they uh, give you formulas on their website? They don't, they don't have that? formulas, but there's lots of great formulas available online. Mm. Um, uh, a really old kind of style website. It's called UnblinkingEye.com. They have a lot of uh, chemical formulas, like the old Kodak formulas that are like uh, oh, really? public domain. And you can mix up old Kodak D23. or No. You can mix it all. It tells you what you need, and then wow. you buy the chemistry and mix it up yourself. So mixing up your own chemistry is its actually really easy. Is it cheaper, a lot cheaper? It's a volume situation. Okay. So if you know I'm going to be using D76 every day for the rest of my a life. A lot of it. You're going to make you more than bulk. five gallons. You, you buy bulk, and you have you enough say. to make. For like 50 bucks, you have enough to make like a year's worth of D76. Holy smokes. So it's, it's a volume thing. For me, yeah. I mix up my own Pyrocat. Pyrocat. Yeah, so I mix up my own Pyrocat. And for about a $32 investment, I have two and a half years. Holy shnikes. Gallons upon gallons, hundreds of gallons worth of developer. Which, of course, one one shot developer. You don't store it all at once. You don't make it all. No, it's You you make it as you need it. Yeah, it's stored as like a hyper concentrate, and you add just a lot of water to it. (laughs) (laughs) So there's a couple places where you can get chemicals. If you want to get the raw stuff, 
Yeah. Raw chemicals, Artcraft chemicals in New York. They're great. They don't ship out of the United States. There's a couple places in the UK. We'll put mm. those in the show notes where you can get show them. Show notes. Yeah, show notes, baby. We, baby. We, can, we can add those. <laughs> we can add those in later. And we also have oh, photographers' formulary. Now they sell premixed liquid and powder, like you were talking about. Um, I'm sure a lot of schools get stuff from photographers' formulary. Yeah. I know if you order something from Unique Photo or Freestyle. Really? Freestyle. Freestyle carries stuff from a photographer's really? formulary. Really? They also they also carry stuff that Artcraft also has. It's now let me ask you. I see yeah, stuff, what, what on, you uh, I see stuff on Amazon. Okay. Some Ooh. developing Ooh. stuff. Ooh. Yeah, bags of developing. Oh, like for C forty one mostly. C forty one. Those are those are usually for the um, the commercial processors. But yeah. yeah. So is it? Are you sacrificing anything there if it's a good price, or should you buy from reputable houses? I try. I would say buy from reputable houses. Buy from B and H. Buy from Adorama. B and H and Adorama also carry photographers' formulary stuff, and they'll ship worldwide. Yeah, you you can never tell with Amazon. I bought. Extol off Amazon, and I only did it once because really? it was just old. Oh. They don't t- they don't have to tell you how old it is. Oh. They just it just has to match the bag on the picture. Really? So and vaguely at that. So they're no they're no K E H on their descriptions. Mm, you know, I guess not. Here's some stuff. Here's you some want stuff, it? and it might be the thing. Yeah, they might send you part A of like a three part developer. Yeah, I wouldn't trust that as much. I mean, if you know the person, for the love of God, don't buy chemicals on eBay. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot Bad. of le- there's a, well there's legality issues. Oh really? Depending depending issues. on what country you're from, uh, there's issues with like international shipping, and people don't understand yeah. they just throw it in a box, oh. and that's not good. You might never get your chemistry if they're uh. shipping it, trying to ship it international. Ship it from reputable reputable deal- dealer, someone that knows what they're doing. Typically a scientific company like Artcraft, mm-hmm. but they source for photographers. Yeah. So. Uh, that's pretty much the name of the day. Artcraft Chemicals, Freestyle. Freestyle! Photographer's Formulary, Bostic and Sullivan. They're another great place for alternative process, all that stuff I've been talking about for years. Yeah, so those are places. Uh, Google, your favorite uh, formulas. The if Google? You, the Google. The hit, Google. Hit that up for your favorite formulas. Umblinkingeye.com. The Google. The Darkroom Cookbook that you know we talked about all the way in the days of the days of Dwayne. Right. He, he recommended that book. There's some great formulas in there to mix up your own, and that's where you can get all the chemicals. So... You know, so get busy. Get busy. Keep it cheap in the darkroom. Yeah. And, and try a bunch of stuff. Yeah, don't be scared. Keep it cheap. Don't be scared. I don't did, be stoops. Uh, I did my first C41 the other night. Oh. Yeah. How was it? C41. Uh, well, Mark was there. He's telling me everything. And Mark is very low-key. He's just like, ah, yeah, just shake inverted every four times, good? every 30 seconds. Yeah, it came out fine. Well, no, you got to tell For the folks because this is, this is groundbreaking. Oh, my God. The whole story right it's there. It's so amazing. No, it wasn't that hard. Okay. It wasn't that time consuming. Do you foresee yourself doing this more and no. more often? Let me let me let me oh, clarify. <laughs> it wasn't hard at all and it wasn't time consuming at all. That's what I said. You lazy oh, bum. Yeah. That's what I just said. What did I just say? What did I say? said it wasn't that hard <laughs> and it I wasn't say? that time consuming. Uh. <laughs> 15 minutes is sort of time consuming. 15 minutes. When you're, all your buddies are in the next room waiting for you to play <laughs> exactly, drums Exactly and they're a rehearsing song. the song we're not we don't know how to play. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I wish I could do it at home, but obviously I can't with the my kids. kids. Yeah, yeah. My kids the birds. The birds. The birds. Birds. Uh, I. I. It, it's easy enough for me. If I didn't have kids, I would definitely be doing it. Oh yeah. You know. Get your hands in the soup. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun. I. I mean, I used to do it at um, school. Yeah. Thirty years ago in high school or college, rather. Riding a bike. Yeah. So it was fun. It brought back memories, especially you know spooling it up. Although Mark spooled it up in the dark for me. So you really it was didn't do too much. I never. No, I watched. <laughs> I watched. 
No, I shook it and dumped the chemicals in and out. Yeah, yeah. I would say today's darkroom tips my back is definitely for anybody that, that does it themselves at home. Yeah. Or they they do a whole ton of black. Like they do ninety percent black and white and a little bit of color because yeah. really the chemis- the chemicals I'm talking about are for black and white uh, printing, yeah. film, and alternative process kind of stuff. If you're doing that, typically the guys that do that they're they're hardcore. So yeah, no getting doubt. this stuff in bulk is definitely a money saver. Yeah. Stumbled upon a great fixer. It's a alkaline fixer. So most fixer smells awful. You get any on your hands, you smell like fix for like the week. Mm-hmm. It's very it's a hard. Good to, thing. No, no. <laughs> I, I love it. I'm using an alkaline fixer. It's called TF5, odorless from the colorless C8. photographer's formula. From photographer's formula, I got a gallon of it off of Freestyle. Freestyle. Freestyle! It, it's fantastic stuff. Uh, I can use gallons of it. Uh, TF4 wow. and TF5 were developed specifically to remove those really thick. Um, anti-halation layers from Kodak film, so sometimes they look pink when they come out. Huh. These come out beautifully clear. And it's it's a good fixer to use when you use the Pyrocat because it keeps everything alkaline, no acid, and it's it's beautiful stuff. And you can't use a stop bath with that, right? No, you have to use a water stop bath. So if you're keeping it cheap, that's oh, good Mike, stuff to use. That sounds like it's, it's a fixer for you. Yeah, it doesn't stink up the joint. What? Is it? What kind of stop? TF5. No, 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 fixer. What's fixer. It called? TF5. Where do you get it? Photographer's formula, freestyle. Freestyle. It is, is it, it's actually not a fixer. It no, it is. It doesn't it's, stink it's, up the jerk. It's alkaline fix. Jerk. So you you said you talked about caffeinol. Yeah. There was I saw it on Facebook the other day. I can't remember who it was. Uh, they're using red wine to develop film. No way. Wow. Red, red wine. Red wine. It's probably my wife. Fix Hey-o. up my pictures. Camera's beautiful. I don't want to give it away. I want to keep it. It works Isn't great. Isn't it a great camera? We're not giving this away. Whoa! No. Can't yeah, we're, yeah, we're giving it away. <laughs> Canon oh. QL17. Oh, give it away. Give it away. Give it it's away. It's a now. great rangefinder camera. It really is. We'd like to announce this 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 month's winner, the QL17. Mike Rasso. Hey! <laughs> Congratulations. We'd like to say. Hey! Yeah, look at that. You got it working. I know. Yeah, it took me a while. I had to figure out how to, um, you know, put a battery in it. Whoa. Hey, when we come back, we were talking about something we've talked about in the past, but not much. It's the Argus C3, a.k.a. the Brick. I love the Brick. Also known as the, what's it called? The, uh, the, it's also known as the Donnie Brasco camera? Donnie Brasco. I never heard Forget that. about it. <laughs> what's the camera? It's also known as the... Uh, Slim Shady? It's also known <laughs> as the, uh, the never-ending story camera? What? Oh, the Harry Potter. Harry Potter yeah, camera. The match, yeah, the yeah, never-ending story. <laughs> Wait, again, Lauren. This is Lauren. There's a basilisk. Yeah. Free. And one of the kids gets petrified by the basilisk. He doesn't die because if you look in their eyes, you die. But if you, like, look at a reflection and you see it, you get petrified. He's taking a picture of the basilisk. And that's why he gets petrified. With that camera. With his camera, the film is, like, like fried. And, and but in the in the, the movie <laughs> it's an version that they use an Argus C these are Argus, Argus C three the C3. later the Matchmatic I think it was called. the, the white version one. the two tone version the bright one uh, it looks exactly like that except it's instead of being black and black it's like tan and but, black uh, Harry Potter enthusiasts would see this and be like the Harry Potter camera freak yeah okay when we come back we talk about the Harry Potter camera you know it's such fun to give somebody something they've never had before what I got from my wife. Something so new, it wasn't even around last Christmas. It's the Kodak pocket instamatic camera. There it is. No, it isn't. Where did I put it? You've got to see this camera. It's about, oh, that big. 
To load it, you just slip in a film cartridge. She's going to love it if I can find it. The great thing about it is it's so small, it's right in your, in your pocket. <laughs> Even smaller than I remembered it being. Now I can show you how great it is. Easy to load. Maybe a small camera, but it takes big, sharp, clear pictures. Look at these. Aren't those great? The Kodak Pocket Instamatic Camera starts at less than $28. The complete outfit's a little more. Just tell them to remember which pocket they put it in. The Kodak Pocket Instamatic Camera. Breaking news. Go to your family's basements, your family's attic, drawers. Turn things upside down and look for your family's 110 film camera. Yep, 110 film is back. The film photography store is now stocking fresh 110 film. And if you don't have a camera, 110 new and vintage cameras. That's right, filmphotographystore.com. Support the FPP. Check out, try, revitalize your interest in 110 film. 110 film is back. You thinking about trying it? You've never shot 110? Now's the time to do it. Filmphotographystore.com. We're carrying the new Lomography, the Orca 110 Black and White. That's 100 ASA 110 film. The Lomography Tiger. Tiger 200 film. That's 200 ASA color film. And the Fugatsu. 400 color film. That's 400 ASA color film. Never, ever, ever would I thought that 2012 would have brought such awesome new 110 film stocks. Now's the time to check it out. Filmphotographystore.com. It helps the FPP. Very appreciative of all the folks that have been to the Film Photography Store over the last year. We're celebrating our one-year anniversary of having our online store. Please do check it out. Thank you very much. Hey, we're back. Okay, I have the brick in my hand. Now, Mark, I am a brick newbie. By the way, thank you, uh, Leslie, at Imagine That in beautiful downtown Finlay, Ohio. Hey, Imagine That. When when I started chit-chatting, you know, because I chit-chat about how I was jealous because, like, you had a brick. Like, Dane everyone had a brick. brick. Dane got one, and then I, it made me want one, and then it made me want another one. And I have no brick, so... Kevin wants one. Yeah, everyone wants a brick. I have no brick. Leslie sent me a brick. That's a nice brick. And... Oh, you got the stick. Rod for yeah. it. Yeah, brick and a stick. And this actually works. I don't want to waste the flash without filming it. This actually works, and you could make believe you're Basil Rathbone in Son of Frankenstein with it. <laughs> or you could make believe you're, let's say, a priest. There's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of different things you oh, could do man. with this flash. That, that's a long shot. You could use it as a that's flash. That's a really nice reflector. About making actually, believe you're nice taking mind. a photo. Yeah. <laughs> I figured it out. How the heck do... There's a roll of film exposed that I rewound. Okay. How do I even open this? Push, push, push in there. Push. push. There, now lift. Push, lift. lift. Oh, there you look go. at that. Oh, look at that. Okay, the back opened like a casket. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm Insert take, creaking noise. I pulled out the tab, so I'm picking out this 12 exposure roll of film. Walgreen? Uh, Fuji. Superior oh, 400. Uh, superior, as uh, Bill uh, Apresino calls it, Fuji Color Suspiria Extra. Suspiria? That's the Dar- Dargentio? Uh, Dargento movie. What's his name? Dario Argento. Uh, I got it in there. Dargento. You guys know about Dario Argento? Sounds really familiar. Suspiria. This is slide. I'm putting ectochrome. Slide film in the brick. Fancy. Yeah, fancy schmancy. So I'm going to, I'm going to. I'm looking. I'm not confused here, but I feel like a newbie. I'm putting this in. Do I drag this over just uh, like any uh, other, just like regular chicken? Yeah. <laughs> Cut it up just like regular chicken. Yep. Put it in this thing here. Here's a brick we've prepared earlier. <laughs> Put it in here. Put it in there. Start cranking it. Um, the only thing you have to know is if you look on the top, that little uh, this thing, a little hexagon. This. No, 
hexagon. It's a hexagon. hexagon. That's a six-sided six. figure. That's this. No. This. There you go. <laughs> so push push that to the left. That releases the winder. So that way, you, so you'll be able to 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 advance it. Uh, which is hexagon? This one's roundish. <laughs> is that a hexagon? This isn't geometry, John. This go. is circle. Now How I many sides does lid. this have? Uh, yeah, make sure it's caught and then then close it. And oh yeah, it's good. caught. Yeah, you're good. And get your fingers out. Ah. Snap it. Snap it. Oh, there's cosmic flesh in I there. I told you. I, I wouldn't close because his finger was in it. Now I pull this and then a little bit more? Or? Yeah, so you just hold that for a second and then wind. And it, yeah. Oh, it's turning. Okay. So now you can let go of it. Now what do I do now? Now wind. Do I wind. need to do anything to this thing? Shoot a picture. Uh, well, once you get to your first frame, then you now, set that to zero. Now wind this un, um, the take-ups the take wheel. Yeah. Wind this and it'll stop by itself? It'll stop. Yeah, it'll stop at each frame. Really? Yeah. So I should wind this now? Yes. It'll stop. I promise. Is it going to stop? Did it catch? No. What did you do? <laughs> I didn't do anything. Ah, uh, effed. Like I thought brute, that maybe, because I ran a roll of 12 exposure Fuji, Fuji Suspiria Extra. In Hi. <laughs> I thought maybe... So I'm going to hand this to Mark to troubleshoot this. This particular brick doesn't seem to... Latch. Once it goes, it's whatever ten sprockets. It should automatically stop. Sprockets. It's not. And then, and then you have to flip this to get it to roll again. But yeah, yours just isn't stopping. So it's bust. I can feel, like right there. Oh, maybe I it's can r- feel it grabs a little bit. Maybe I should just do it like gentler. I think it's worn out. Oh, worn out. Because I can feel it like grabbing there. It wants to stop. But then it, it shouldn't be able to push past it. Should I get? An, since I know that the flash works, I just get myself another brick. Yeah, bricks are cheap. Yeah, it's like it's like a Minolta SLR. You can buy another one for ten bucks. So. Yeah, do we talk about imagine that in this episode, or all the episodes are merging in our minds together? Yeah, that was last. You mentioned her no, we a we mentioned times. imagine that. Cause yeah, we did. Matt went imagine that. No, we talk, we talk about how it's really in the one year, like it's the go to place that people are just like it's really picked up. Oh yeah, a lot of people are coming in uh, that just either hear about it on the podcast or just know that she has Impossible Film. They come in just for Impossible oh, really? Film. Uh, she's sold out of her debonairs already. Wow. Oh. wow. Mike, uh, she got some debonairs from Mike. Debonair. <laughs> nice. So this is the Argus C3. This is an American-made 35-millimeter Michigan rangefinder oh, okay. camera, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yep. Made in Michigan. Oh, what's good about this camera? Anything? I mean, I... There's a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, they're cheap. They're easy. They're really beautiful. I mean, I, I think aesthetically it's a really it's beautiful a very kind pretty. of you do? camera. Hmm. Yeah, it looks very cool. It's very unique. Um, it is unique looking. These actually, what's really cool, I think, about these is they actually had replaceable lenses, too. So you can pop this oh. lens off the front, and it's got a 100 millimeter you could get, which looks extra do, badass. Do you have some? I have the 100 millimeter for mine, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it, it's cool, because to you change your lens, down? you have to literally disassemble the front of the camera and take gears oh, and screws you showed off, me that one time, yeah. yeah. So I had so it with... Real a, hands-on camera. I have a, a, a white one. That I rescanned yeah, that I had, I had in London with me that I love. Um, yeah, it's three point five. It works really well. You can put filters and hoods and things on the front of it. Yeah, it's just a good little camera. Can trick it all out, man. And, yeah. and you can get them for you know fifteen or twenty dollars. I was going to say what's the current cameras. But I know anywhere in the American Midwest, bricks are everywhere. Going to any antique store, really? from Pennsylvania to like Iowa, you can find bricks. I wonder how many turns it is, Mark. I guess I, I could just guess. Guys, right, we should do a road trip. Well, it, it yeah, John, we should do a road trip. I've been saying it for the last three years on FPP. You guys were talking about FPP road trip back when I first started listening. When it was that, though? <laughs> like back in the day. Flea markets and, and, and you know. We've been doing that. We're, Dane's getting together an FPP photo walk. Yeah. 
in um, Boston. Boston. He went to Toronto ah. and said, we should do one in Toronto. And then two weeks later, he went to Boston and said, we should do one in Boston. Listen, listen. Yeah, we letters. didn't read any letters. Oh, jeez. He read one letter from Tim Parkin. Yeah, was it Mr. Parker? Tim Parkin. I mean, we don't have that many. Let's no. do them. Everyone, everyone take one letter, read them all at once. Do it. Read them all at the same time. When we take a break, we'll be right back and do letters. Well, he caught me doing a not-so-great job wrapping a great Christmas gift. A Kodak Tele-Instamatic 608 camera. It's almost like giving two cameras, because it has two lenses. Okay, Star, do your stuff. Look how the telephoto lens can make the best part of your picture bigger. A Kodak Tele 608 camera doesn't cost a great deal of money. But it gives a great deal of pleasure. And like all Kodak gifts, the Tele 608 camera says, open me first to save Christmas in pictures. And we're back. And we're back. Hey, we're back. <laughs> there you go. Uh, what are we getting? Hamburgers after this? Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> read this. One mask looking. Hi, guys. Thanks so much for the show and all the work you do. I would like to particularly thank John Fidelli for being really funny and such a good looking. Wait a minute. I would like to particularly thank you for expanding any abbreviations that you mentioned. It's very helpful for everyone, and when I recommend the show to anyone, I know what I know that they will be able to understand it and enjoy it as much as I do. I'm writing from Sydney, Australia. Uh, just got done with listening to episode 63. You're absolutely right, spot on. Film photography is extremely popular here in Australia. I had to do it. <laughs> Thrift store. We call it an app store. Opportunity shop, mate. Near to my house sells film cameras for prices equal to and higher than eBay. Also having a smaller population in Australia, there are just fewer cameras floating around, so costs go up. I'm always looking at garage sales and flea markets, but some of my friends who also like film and my wife and I are headed to Japan. Oh, that would be cool. Towards the end of the year. You mentioned that you have a list of must-visit camera stores in Japan. Ooh, what a chance that I might get a hold of that. Did we? I don't it says think we did. you mentioned that you Ooh. have a list of must-visit camera stores in Japan. I don't think we did. Any chance? Do you remember that? No. Did I? Did I say I had some? Maybe. What do you got? Might have. Well, oh, a really good one. Map camera. These are all in uh, Shinjuku. Hi. It's a. It's a part of Tokyo. It's like a shopping map camera. That's a good one. Just go to Shinjuku. There's cameras everywhere. Really. Classic camera shops. What part of Japan is that in? Do you know? It's all in Tokyo. Like Tokyo is a place oh. to go for cameras. A best, pl- uh, the best list on the web, even better than I can tell you, JapanCameraHunter.com. We oh, talked really? about him earlier. Yeah. The the, oh, yeah. the UK bloke who's in Japan right now. Was oh, that right? Bellamy Hunt. Great guy. He has an awesome list of places to go in Japan to find cameras. Or if you can't go, you pay him and he'll find your camera for no you. No way. Yeah. That's pretty cool. He's he's the man on the street that'll get you a camera. That is awesome. He's our man in Japan. Man in Japan. Bellamy Hunt. Pretty cool. Yep. Great idea. Got a letter, Matt? Yeah, let's get another letter. Here you go, Hunter. Okay, this is from Stephen Morimoto. Uh, Pronounced just how it sounds. I hope that's right. Um, Great podcast. Just found this a couple of days ago, and I'm getting back into photography after believing film was dead. Your podcast is chuck full of great info, but it is also great fun to listen to. I laughed out loud while driving. Started listening to the first couple. Going to listen to all the episodes now. Might start with the latest and work my way backwards. That's a lot of work. Hey, sure is. Yep. In episode four, <laughs> you were talking about photos put in the pool. Is there a way to shift through the thousands of photos to find one of the ones referenced in particular podcast? Don't Thanks know. Thanks for the great podcast, Steve. Well, Steve. All right, Steve, Steve, search the tags. Tags. Yeah. Tags. Or it's information, meta tags. How would you explain Film it? Film really photography podcast. So, so, well, Steve, what are you looking for? Yeah. You say what you want to see, and hopefully our Canada folks have E1. tagged it. Can E1. Boom. Everything taken with the Can E1 and tagged properly 
will show up. Tags. 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 Tagging. Oh, I get three letters. Gang tags. They tag you. Hey, Michael. Uh, After trying four or five times with the... <laughs> with the film to no avail, I decided that the pack was hooped. And I took it apart to see what was the matter. Wait a minute, what was this talking about? It turns out that both the Polaroid paper and the negative were there, but the picture tab pull... Sounds uh, like you had a conversation previous to oh this yes. email. He oh, got uh, uh, jam. Oh. Stomach punch. Okay, so Mike, oh, what's this letter about? Polaroid automatic land camera using Polaroid pack film. In this case, this is Tyler. Tyler was using chocolate film, Polaroid expired. Oh, yeah. And it got it all jammed up. Aww. The film was Polaroid, C- I'm sorry, Sepia, and the impossible, I bought it at a place in Vancouver called Bow Photo. Uh, I got back to him uh, trying to troubleshoot it for him. I see. He says, your podcast is one of the best things happening with film photography right now. Keep it up. That's a nice thing to say. You're the best thing that ever happened. You mentioned a couple of podcasts ago that you might be thinking of putting together a beginner film world. developing kit. Yeah. For sale at the Film Photography Store. It's still in the works. Oh. Filmphotographystore.com. That would be useful. I yeah. think this is a great idea. If you put it up, I will buy it. Me too. I Ten also years. have another question you may be, be able to answer. As Go going away present, my sister bought me a Bell & Howell double 8mm camera she found at a car boot sale. Double 8mm? Yeah. Do you know where to get the film for this? Nope. Double 8. <laughs> it was a film cartridge. <laughs> you'd shoot it. Then you flip it. Oh, oh. no way! And it would shoot. So it is. It might be sixteen. Double oh, eight. so it's like a hard plastic case. There's no such thing anymore, Tyler. Oh. It's kaput. So who is that, Tyler? Tyler Bo Lawrence. Oh, cool Tyler Bo Lawrence. Oh. Okay, yeah. Hey, how's hey. it going, Mr. Bo Lawrence? Oh, you got Matt. You got a letter? Yeah, I got a, I got a letter from my buddy uh, Nasir Hamid in the huh. UK. Oh, Nasir. Oh, Nasir. Yeah, yeah it was our oh, friend. Nasir. Yeah. Boss, your friend. Boss, oh, I love Nasir. Oh, Boss Nas. Just because I didn't go. Okay. Oh, Boss Nas. Making me feel Boss bad. Boss Nas. Oh. That's his. Uh, yeah, Boss Nas. Flicker yeah. Tag. On Flickr. Yeah. Well, we have good, you know, on that conversation. <laughs> going. That badass sliding back for his uh, his yeah. RB. What do you got? Yeah, he's an awesome portrait photographer. Just finished listening to the latest FPP and I found it very interesting that you're using a Wista. What's wrong with your Crown Graphic, Mike? Do you consider the Speed Graphic? Uh, have you ever considered a Speed Graphic with a built-in focal plane shutter? Yeah, what's Mike. What's up with that? Yeah, yeah. Mike. What's, Mike? what's hey, up with that? What's easy. with the wisdom? I don't have any large format hey, cameras. Hey, what's nah, that? So yeah. If you want me what's to hit them, I'll hit them. Just let me know. I used my Crown Graphic today. Yeah. You did? Yeah, with some well, bum. Well, well, what's up with the Wista? used it to what's prop up the Wista. I saw it on eBay. I fell in love with it, and I wanted a camera that was lighter. Like could throw my backpack, and I bought it. With three lenses, <laughs> and it's 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 indeed light. You called me like Matt. It's too light. It's got a le- it's got a leak light somewhere. I couldn't believe that it was light tight. Mm. You know, it's made of this cherry wood. It looks like it would be like you know. It's gorgeous. I saw it's it. like balsa oh, okay. wood. Yeah, it's like balsa balsa wood. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna make a pine a pine. So what you saying? Pine derby. The wood looks so thin <laughs> that light's leaking through it. Well, he's going easy on you now. My first large format camera was a Wista Field 5x4, which I bought back in, in 1990. It's still going strong, and since I've added numerous large format cameras to my collection, probably way too many. Hope all is well. Very nice to hear you and John recap the London meetup. It was a great time. Yeah, it was good meeting you. Anyway, I look forward to seeing more of your large format work and hope to see you guys next year. Cheers, Nasir. Cheers. Have you Cheers, seen the mate. stuff he's been doing with the uh, 8x10 X-ray film? No, I got him, no, I got him I into doing 8x10 X-ray. Really? And his stuff, it's beautiful. It's I, I, I often see a lot of his stuff. I haven't checked it lately. Yeah, he's, but. He, he's got an 8x10 studio kind of setup that he does, and he does beautiful portraits with that 8x10. Is he so. a professional photographer? Um, 
I'm, I'm actually not too sure. Uh, is he at Oxford I, University? He's at Oxford, yeah. I know he's a severe hobbyist otherwise. Oh, my God, yeah. yeah. And he does, like, he'll do pictures of, like, the dances and stuff you'll yeah. see on there. A lot of uh, younger kids. Mm-hmm. Great portraits. Yeah, he does. Dan and I were impressed with him because he, he was confident enough in his photography skills that he could just walk up to strangers and say, excuse me, do you mind if I take your picture? Yeah. And we just thought that was the coolest thing. Like, wow, he just asked those Easier people. to develop film than to do that sometimes. It's true. <laughs> yes. It takes nerve. John, do you have any yeah. uh, more film in your uh, Minolta InstaPro? What pro? Let me check. So I thought maybe, you know, yeah, we'd throw on. that on a tripod and get a nice group shot. All right, us. hold on, hold on. Yeah, I got two shots left. Okay, good. How do you feel about, uh, you know, no, don't do it now. Oh, I'm just checking. I got to remember how to do it. No, you do the button. You just turn the I button. I got to remember. <laughs> do the freaking show. Take a picture. What show? I'll break your freaking neck. No, I'm not going to hit you. I hear, hey, Mark, I hear that, uh... The Canon QL17 that the self-timers go bust and that you can actually lock up your camera by trying to use the self-timer. Is that yes. true? Uh, I never heard that. I've, I've heard, heard that. I've heard that, yeah. Huh. And once it's gone, it's gone. Just get another one. Huh. I've, never, I had, I've never tried to use it. <laughs> <laughs> Random, but good. Next topic is the end. We're done. <laughs> Forget about it. Bam, just cut it there. Kaput. Yeah, the next topic is, I don't know, go, go out and shoot some film. Yeah, go see. Go film. <laughs> Yeah, we should just end it there. Go like, film yourself. <laughs> Why don't you go film yourself, you stupid jerk? <laughs> Get out of here. All right, we're going to leave because uh, you got to catch your bus. Oh, dear. Like and we got and we got to take a group shot okay. with your Insta Pro. <laughs> I hope I remember which one. Because I blew, out, <laughs> I blew the film out of all the other cameras. Hey, uh, I want to thank everyone for listening this, for this grand show. It seems like... Yeah, you guys... Oh, shit. It's going. It's going. Cut the red close wire. It, close it. The red wire. God. <laughs> it seems like this show's been going on for two days. Oh, my God. <laughs> two days. Two and a half. I want to thank everyone for listening in. Hunter, it's great having you. Yes, it's fun. But we're going to talk to you guys. Uh, we're going to be back in two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. You sound like a bird. When I met you, the damage was already done But I thought maybe we could still manage to have some fun But I guess I was just trying so hard not to see That you could never be interested at all in little old me But... Can't compete with him
thoughts and opinions they change on a whim Whoa, I can't compete with this where was that honesty I felt when we kissed Whoa, being the nice guy just sucks so much dick as the days pass you by they will make you sick but when you look yourself right in the eye that's when
Thank you.